magnificent they are, the Lumineth of Hish. These numinous beings are swift and dexterous, quick of mind and skilled in the arcane arts. Their title of Realm Lords is no idle boast, for over the centuries they have won the allegiance of many strange and wondrous geomantic entities that dwell throughout the Realm of Light. When these elven war hosts take to the field, the glittering Venari phalanxes, their spearheads and arrow tips blazing with harnessed sunlight, are joined by the arcane warrior monk disciples of the elementary temples and the towering war forms inhabited by Hish's most enlightened and powerful land spirits. Few foes can withstand such a potent concentration of excellence. But the strength of the Luminet has come at a price. Arrogance, lust for knowledge, and their own obsessive temperament once led them down a dark path, one that almost saw them annihilate themselves in a cataclysmic civil war. Only the wisdom of the Archmage Teclas, perhaps the mightiest mage in all the cosmos, and one of the twin creators of the Lumineth race, granted the elves a chance to reinvent themselves and make amends for their many sins. That quest for atonement still drives them onwards and has left them determined to end the scourge of chaos no matter the cost. Much have the Lumineth to be proud of. Through their skill and tenacity was the great necromancer defeated and the nightmarish soul wars ended. But now the era of the beast has begun and the elves find themselves matched against primal forces that even they are hard-pressed to counter. The perceived self-righteousness of the Lumineth has won them few friends, and from the shadows, many empires plot to bring about their downfall. If the Elves of Hish are to prosper, they must expand their reach across the realms. Time will tell if the lessons of the past will continue to guide them, or if their own brilliance will once again blind them to an impending disaster. Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we're going to do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and have a few laughs along the way, bringing you light and illumination and emancipation and rumination and delegation and party nation. I'm Dave Whitech, and... Chris will be here in a moment. I am setting up this opening of the show a little bit ahead of time, folks. Um, so, yes, Lumineth Realm Lords today. That's right, more Teclas talk because Teclas is a genius. But that, my friends, is not the point. The point is... This is episode 301 of Garage Hammer. And I want to remind you all to please take a part in the Garage Hammer contest. Just send an email. What do you like about the show? Do you got a favorite episode? Do you got a favorite topic? Do you got a favorite thing? Something that you like about the show. Completely self-serving contest. Um, you can send in an email or a clip from a video or any of those sorts of things to garagehammercontest at gmail.com. Garagehammercontest at gmail.com. Send in whatever you want. There's no rules. 
uh, if you want it to be heard on the air, it's got to be family friendly. But other than that, go for it. Like to hear what you have to say. Tons of prizes. Tons of prizes. So many prizes. Um, and all of that stuff will be, re- be revealed on the Christmas episode, of course. Um, so you have until the, what is it, the 15th of December. The 15th of December is the hard deadline. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's December 10th is the hard deadline because I'm a doofus. Yeah, December 10th is the hard deadline because that's when we're only going to have so much time to look them over. Okay, so really quick, let's kind of plow through this right here. Um, okay, we should definitely want to thank our sponsors. That includes Kazork Superstar, Kazork Superstore, Kazork Superstore, Kazork Superstore, and Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all your basing and MDF and token and board edge needs. Anything you need, they've got it or they can make it. Get in touch with the number six squaredstudios.ca and grognard games because there's always something happening at grognards that's right i was there this weekend i was there twice in the last week which is insane for me because it's like an hour drive and i haven't had the time but i needed to get down there to get paint and then i picked up a leagues of votan book because i wanted to read the lore and then there might have been some models along with it, because even though I don't really want to play 40K, there's got to be a kill team coming soon. So just, you know, get some random stuff, and it should work. You know how that works. You know how it is. All right. So, yes, Grognards, so much so much happening. Celebrating their six-year anniversary last weekend. It was huge. It was awesome. They raised $3,000 for charity. I, I love Grognards. I love the guys who work there. I love the owner. Love it all. All of it, even the weird pseudo restaurant next door that is a pizza place that is like event only and you can't go in there and order pizza and they have weird stuff written on the walls. And even as much as I want that to be a part of Grognards and get sucked in and become the pizza, I would work there. I would run the the the, the food section of Grognards games if I could, but that's never going to happen. My, my dreams again are crushed. What can you do? All right. Also, Patreon sponsors. I want to thank everyone, past, present, and anyone considering to be a future Patreon patron, especially in these hard times. I know that people, you know, money's tight. And those people who think that this show is worth something are absolutely insane. And I love them. Okay. Uh, Associate producers, Jake C. and James Brown. Executive producer, Scotty Milne. And our newest patron, Jocko Farino. That's right. My good friend, Jocko Farino, jumping in as a patron. And uh, I want to say, good friend, Jocko. I actually just met Jocko, but I want to say this. Jocko Farino, his first name is not spelled as you might think. And when he became a Patreon patron, he did one of the kindest things anyone has ever done for me. And that is... He wrote how to pronounce it afterwards when he introduced himself. So I know I am pronouncing Jocko Farino right because he helped me out. So thank you to Jocko Farino. And if you are maybe thinking of becoming one of the 1%, almost 1% of the listeners who make this show and all this nonsense possible, 
just please go to patreon.com slash garage hammer and take a look. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Now, listen, I'm going to run and take a break now. We have a couple of voicemails and I definitely want to play them, but I want to go and get Chris on the line and get him on the air so that we can listen to voicemail together and at, directly after voicemail, sliding right into Realm Lords. Right into the Realm Lords. Because, ugh, so much fun. So good. All right, we'll be back. This is Brian Blessed, and you're listening to Garage Hammer. Jaguar. And we are back. Hello. Hey, everybody. Chris is here. Hey, How you doing, up? Chris? Good. All right. Good, good. So we uh, have voicemail. Awesome. Now, if you, as a listener at home there, haven't heard that we have voicemail, you could leave us a voicemail if you dial 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. And once again, 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Now, international callers, most of you dial 00, and then 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Now, we do have some voicemails, and I think I got an email voicemail. Like, they were having trouble with the email or something. But I'm going to go through these right now. We got three email or voicemails this week. So here we go. Here's the first one from our good friend, Ryan Nickel. Hey, Dave. Hey, Chris. This is Nickel. Just uh, listening to you guys' latest podcast on my way to a Kill Team event. You guys started talking about Kill Team, so I wanted to give you guys a shout-out and say thanks for everything you do. Um, I enjoy your content. Keep it up. And if you remember, I called in the last time we had a Kill Team event. I think it was in May. This time I'm calling you before the event instead of after, so... Yeah, a little less drunk on the voicemail today. But <laughs> hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, we'll be playing Kill Team all day today. Should be a blast. Uh, I'm really excited to roll some dice. Uh, hope you can make it up to Minnesota next time. You know, let me know. Maybe you can swing by. We can get a game. All right. Keep it up, boys. You know, I got to say, now that I realize that where those guys live is only about an eight-hour drive, mm-hmm. you could totally take off Friday after work. Yeah, or Friday if we had like a half day, we could totally take off, go up there. If someone would let us crash, we can go play like all day Saturday. Come home on a Sunday, definitely. We could totally do that. All right, what else we got? Uh, another call uh, from someone who was with Nickel, I believe. So here we go. Hello, David. My name is Paul Frickman. I got into Warhammer in 2017, and I'm hanging out with Ryan Nickel and Michael Jordahl. And we're here at a Chronicles event at the Giesenbroi Brewery in New Prague, Minnesota. And we're having a good time. And I enjoy listening to your podcast every day on my way to work and on my way home from work. Oh, dear Lord. And I really appreciate the fact that you focus on the narrative, the narrative, the narrative. Thank you very much. Have a good day. What's that? What's Yeah, there was nickel in the background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the narrative, man. That's where it's at. Mm-hmm. That's why I love Nickel's events. Nickel runs great narrative events. He yeah, really they, does. They, they did that cool one up in, uh, in was, I think it was Minneapolis. They were, it was like a 40K one. It was super mm-hmm. fun. Well, when, when Wapaka was doing all sorts of stuff there, mm-hmm. Nickel had that big, 
Uh, didn't we play each other that week? We did. Yeah, yeah we, we did. did. And that was yeah. so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, now we got Scotty Milne calling. Um, he did. They did. They, he had the the big uh, the big event. He ran up there and he's calling in to let us know how things went. So here's Scott. Hi, Dave. It's Scotty Milne calling from the Great White North of Canada. First off, I just want to thank you and the Garage Hammer community. The Battle for Breath 2022 was a great success. We were able to raise $2,500 that was donated to Cystic Fibrosis Canada, and we're already talking about next year being a three-day wargaming event. So I look forward to seeing you and the Garage Hammer crew come up to play Age of Sigmar, Blood Bowl, and lots of other war games. Congratulations on episode 300. It's awesome that Garage Hammer has kept going all these years. I started listening to Garage Hammer with the Tamarcon episodes, uh, and I've loved it ever since. The, the best thing about Garage Hammer is the community that you've managed to build and the positivity that you bring to the community. I love listening to the episodes that you focus on the lore, you focus on what's fun in the game, and what's great about Warhammer. It's also great that because through the Garage Hammer community, I've been able to meet people like Kevin from Six Squared Studios, and we forged friendships based on our love of wargaming. So thank you very much, Dave. I look forward to listening to more Garage Hammer, and as always, happy wargaming. Honest to God, that sounds like a contest entry almost. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, nice. Speaking of which, guys, Garage Hammer Contest at gmail.com. Send in your entries. There are a bunch of prizes happening. And we got stuff. Um, we not only have Six Squared Studios giving some prizes, but we're also going to get some prizes from um, uh, Chaos Arc Superstore. So there's going to be a lot of stuff. Last time, like, everybody who entered got a prize. Like, anybody. Yeah. yeah so, like, it's pretty cool. Um, so please enter. Let us know what you think of the show. Um, and uh, we just we would love to hear from you. Okay? What do you think of the book, Chris? Realm Lords. Uh, I like it. This is the first Realm Lords book I've fully read through. And there's been several. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Yeah, these came out faster than Stormcast books, but mm -hmm. this book is good. Yeah, it's cool, and it's moving the story along. There's a lot of stuff in the lore here that I mm -hmm. really liked, and yeah. in fact, I was enjoying this so much that I took the time that when I went through the stuff for the war half of the episode, mm -hmm. that I actually went and looked up with the old book and compared stuff to see where the changes were. And I think, but even before you get to the war, I think the changes to this book are great. Like the War Scrolls and stuff? Yeah. I think yeah, the, I the first of all, they cut down some stuff, and then they put some of the things back kind of where they belong. Yeah, they just and they just made it, they streamlined everything, yeah. you know? I mean, before you had, the this the book was old enough where when you had a, a, a certain faction, you had all the stuff. You had a, a you know, you had a, right. the, not a command ability, but a, you know. A, An artifact, a command trait. And, right. Yeah. They dropped that. They moved the command traits or whatever into the actual war scrolls. So mm -hmm. instead of saying all of these guys get this, it's like it's just in their the appropriate characters war scrolls. Simplifies yeah. it. But they actually you know, few things got nerfed, few things got changed, few points moved around, mm -hmm. and I think some of the most gross stuff 
has been at least uh, addressed a bit. Yeah, I mean, there's some. There's it's still, still some kind of tricks gross. In, there's still some tricks in there. But yeah, but every book has that. Yeah, but I mean, like, uh, I mean, the spell that allowed you to re-roll failed hit rolls against a unit that you're shooting at that spell's yeah. just gone. Yeah, they pretty much took anything that's like a re-roll mm-hmm. is pretty much out of the game now. Which is, which honestly, with 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 their shooting mm-hmm. and the the uh, mortals on fives. Yeah, with the spells, it, the re-rolling all hits to shoot. It was, it was that that was the thing. I mean, even when mm-hmm. the first book came out, that was kind of like, oh, that's busted. Yeah, and everyone knew it like right away. Yes, because everybody took like as many archers as they could and just. Mm-hmm. Do, I mean, I remember the first time I was playing it. I was playing against Lou, and I took out his great unclean one with. I had like twenty archers, and I just mortal wounded his great unclean one off the board. <laughs> like it was just dumb, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, so it was, you know, it was more than 20 archers, but whatever. The point being. It's probably, yeah, two units of 20 probably. Yeah. I think I had 30 total on the list, but it was yeah. either way. It was just, yeah. I, I like that the, the worst offenders seem to have been toned down a bit. Mm-hmm. It, can you still take some, some pretty, you know, rough stuff? Sure. But uh, based on the lore, you should be able to because they're awesome. Right. I mean, I just I'm going into this lore and I'm reading this and like I like that they are literally bonded with the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hish and the Lunath Realm Lords are pretty much yeah, they're kinda of like kinda of like how the Silverneth are kind of bonded to you know but, the life the you know the well, the Sylvaneth are part of it. Like even the cre- right. the creatures are like you know the, the 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 Sylvaneth. Half of them are half for. I mean, they're mm-hmm. literally part tree. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could say like I mean like you know the way that the the Alareth are kind of like bonded with the earth and yeah you know and then there's the you know the wind you know the hurricane guys. Well, and, right. But I'm just saying know. these guys aren't part wind or part earth. They are no. just they they screwed up the realm so bad. Yeah. That the only way to fix it was to get was to was to basically make it up to the land to the realm, and right. then bond with it. And this is such a cool concept that I think yeah. got a little more explained in here. Mm-hmm. I also like that they talk about Tyrion a whole lot in yeah, this book do. for a guy who never shows up, who never is in, you never see him. You kind of know no. what he looks like because they describe him a whole bunch, but he's still not in here. Yeah. So he wakes up, Tyrion wakes up in Hish, looks around. He's lonely because he doesn't have his brother. Right. He goes everywhere, and finally he goes off. And if, for anyone who doesn't know, Tyrion basically walked off towards the edge of the realm exploring. And in, in the highly magical areas of the realm, it, it was destructive. And it was because it's the realm of light. It was so bright, it says it, his eyes melted from his skull. Yeah. For not even a god could walk Hish's outer lands and emerge unscathed. Tyrion's courage saw him earn the favor of the perimeter and Nimical's bedazzling spirit soul. And then when he awoke, he found himself blinded, but able to see through the eyes of another, his brother Teclis, reborn as an almighty mage god. First of all, how they gave it to, and how, wait, he sees what Teclis sees? Is this all the time? I don't know. Like I this, mean, that's a really weird thing to drop and not explain it at all. <laughs> I mean, they've always been able to kind of do that. Yeah, you know, so. uh, but really, the, this opening—the important part is that Tyrion and Teclis, you know, started recreating the Elven race, which we know 
from right. those souls. They had issues, they had problems, but what they don't realize is that there's that their own people are going through the same problems they went through back in the world that was. There is a rot inside them being mm-hmm. immortal and being um just, you know, able to uh, you know, this the fact that they have so long to perfect things and they become yeah. these weird sort of, you know, I mean, you know, the, yeah, the problem of living forever is you start to get bored. So then you start looking for new and exciting things and that leads right. to some depravity, which is right. what happens here. Which is, you know, it's the similar story in 40K. If you're more familiar with that, mm-hmm. you know, like what happened to the Eldar, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. I do like that they talk about how, you know, things went bad and then they had, uh, you know, Teclas sort of reinvented their society. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they call the the catastrophic event, they have a term for it. Uh, o- Okidara, I think it yeah. was, or something yeah. like that. Okara Daria or whatever. Yeah, so it's in here somewhere. I don't have it mm-hmm. in front of me. But um, so they stop, you know, they kind of slow down chaos and stuff. But I like other Okara, races. Dara. The other races rail against the high-handed man or the lumineth, and many elves still battle their poisonous self-righteousness. So, mm. this isn't this isn't a, a, a race that really struggles to keep itself in line and live up to its own standards of what it tries to present to the the world. Yeah, Okari Dara. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yep. So we got the spire fall. Yeah, that's the tongue of Azir. Yeah. So so basically, it's you know a realm wide cataclysm. Oh, it's it's crazy too because they really go into a little more detail on that. Just the fact that so much of their stuff is around the realms just ruined. They have they they destroyed everything. Countless elves were slain as their cities were destroyed, their souls trapped forever in terror and regret as reality was torn open. And then, of course, when reality tears open, the demons jump out and uh, Selenesh demons and, you know, uh-huh. and elves are their favorite, you know, prey, I guess. By so, the time the Lumineth realized the magnitude of their error, the ecstatic legions were running rampant, murdering and burning as they went. And here's the thing. During the Okari Dara, they yeah. destroy most of their own stuff, right? Trashing flipping everything and then chaos comes running through and then their fight is and techless disappears yeah he takes off and he's gone for a month and everyone's like a techless abandoned us that's when he shows back up with the 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 moon spirit um yeah Yeah. and that would change everything and this is pretty cool stuff i Mm -hmm. really like this um you know, Teclas realized they're not going to seek to master the land, which is what everybody else does. Yeah. Move out, take over, master the land. They would be coexisting right. with the land, which was a difficult thing because the land apparently is sentient in the yes. realm, mortal realms. I mean, Gur is a great example. Mm-hmm. The spirit of the mountain, all yeah. that stuff. So this is what they call in here, they call it the reinvention. Mm-hmm. So this is their policy to sort of get back in the good graces of the, you know, the spirits of Hish, and they have to do all this, you know, sort of, uh, they have to to make amends to, yeah, 
the realm's geomantic spirits. And that's basically. really pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Um, by doing and and they and it took them a long time mm-hmm. for the realm to start to trust them and to bond with them, and it still takes a while. Yeah, they said it took so long, like like they were focused solely on this for so long that it mentions in here that they took little part in the realm gate wars. Yeah. Loom, you know, because I mean, if you think about, I mean, you go back through those, you know, it's early stories. I mean, they're not really in it at all. I mean, nope. I mean, the Sylvaneth are, you know, but. But the uh, yeah, they're definitely fact, they're definitely not the the Luna the Realms are definitely not there. Now I I do like that uh, Teclas and Tyrion. You know, it talks about how they used to be in Sigmar's pantheon. Even as they worked alongside their fellow gods, they had also secretly prepared contingencies against each one, which is just like mm-hmm. Justice League Doom. It's like <laughs> yeah. you know, um, in case they go bad. <laughs> in case mm-hmm. something happens, we have to have a, a a plan ready and and in in effect to handle just in case any of these things need to be handled. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's so cutthroat. The elves are really cutthroat. They are ruthless. Oh yeah, they've always well, like they play the long game, right? Because uh-huh. they and they they live for so long that they kind of have to. And then, especially it, against each other mm-hmm. and the gash. Yeah. Um. So. Basically, you know, we, the, it, during the Soul Wars, the the dead. Now, Teclas had a feeling something was coming, and they went around all of the realm gates from Hish, and mm-hmm. put up little wards and things. So when the Necroquake happened, it affected Hish least of all. Right. Uh, but still, Teclas was really annoyed, and so, um. And this is just another great bit of story, this idea that he knew when this necroquake happened, Marathi had told him they wouldn't hold Slanesh forever. And he's like, this is the type of stuff that's going to set him free. We have to do something. And right. you get a lot of that happening. Uh, and then Teclas, it says, he planned a campaign so audacious that even his brother was in a, was astounded. <laughs> yeah. And all-out assault on Nagash's holdings. Yeah. Invade Shayish. Okay. And we talked about that. He did. Mm-hmm. He invaded and not to crush. He went in there and he picked very specific targets that he busted. Right. But then that's when he started putting down all the glyphs of hope and stuff. Right. He to try went, to inspire the people. Yes. To change the attitudes of the people in the realm that they don't have to succumb to Nagash. I also like it says here that uh, the elves spent years scrying their enemies' defenses until at last it was time to make their intent to challenge Nagash's omnicidal ambitions. Omnicidal. I learned a new word. <laughs> that's that's a great one too. Uh, but yeah, they went in there, and what's interesting really is they go in there and they started purifying the realm. They started dropping all of those, yeah, those giant glyphs, those yep. those runes, the the elvish runes, on the land, um, you know. And then Nagash and Teclas fight. I really like here that where um, in a Titanic duel, he Teclas was almost broken by Nagash's might. Were it not for the intervention of the army of the human city of Settlers Gain, the Archmage may well have fallen. Yeah, there's a cool box out later on in the uh, in the in the book. Uh, it talks, you know, it's got a little thing about Teclas, mm-hmm. and it's kind of talks more about that. It's like, yikes! Yeah, that's uh, that's later on. That's on page. Where is that? 
It's at the end. It's on page. Gosh darn it, where is it? It's up quite a bit. Yeah, it's I on, think it's, it's on it's page, it's, it's on page thirty-four. Yeah, it's yeah. box out. It's like whoa. Yeah, because what we learn is first of all, you know, he did this, and then she does the uh, Elariel does the spell of life, and they go mm-hmm. kind of go through that stuff. We've talked about a lot of this mm-hmm. before. Um, and this actually caused problems, apart with the, with the problems of the land doing this. And Tekla's like, we have to help this. Um, and then it says, this took uh, the Lumineth entirely by surprise. Nagash was at least calculable in his malice. Even the dark gods could be trusted to follow their monomaniacal obsessions. Yet the children of Gorka Morka, savage god of the wild, were utterly unpredictable. In Hish, lands thought pacified were suddenly racked by war as scattered bands of greenskins and ogres were seized by feral impulses and mass integrated. That the spell of life really made things crazy. Yeah, yeah for everyone, including mm-hmm. Hish. You would have thought yeah. maybe a realm would have been spared. It would have been this one, but yeah. not so much. And then Tyrion is leading the defense of Hish, and it was whispered quietly testing the borders of Ulgu, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. It was left to the wounded Teclis to meditate upon a solution. Um, Teclis is hurt. Yeah, he's like seriously injured. Yeah, like he is. He's got a psychic injury to him mm-hmm. at this yeah. point. Like Nagash really yeah. messed him up. Like it, and it was that that metaphysical battle they had mm-hmm. in uh, Broken Realms. I guess Teclis. I think that's that's where that is. Was uh, yeah, it was a lot. It's a it, it, reading Broken Realms Teclis. You I, you didn't get, I didn't get the sense. That Teclis was that badly hurt in that, but reading this, it's like, whoa. Yeah, well, I mean, I got the sense he was hurt, but he didn't let on that much because there was that point where it did seem like, I was like, holy crap, is Nagash going to, no way, but Mm -hmm. yep. Um, We also find out this is why they are constantly sending out Lumineth with Sigmar's forces to go to these places. They're Mm -hmm. the ones who are finding those geomantic nexuses and helping them get it, making sure they're purified, making sure they're good. Um what actually surprises me when I'm reading this, though, is this has a very 40K sort of Eldar feel where they show up and do stuff mm-hmm. and people can't figure out why why you would you do this. Mm, yeah. Because they do show up and they drop. And I didn't realize that these that these glyphs, these runes, whatever these elvish markings are mm-hmm. that they put on are miles long. Yeah, they're huge. And they stay there. Yeah. Like they... Burn into the land, which mm-hmm. means if you're on a corrupted spot that needs healing and you <laughs> yeah. put a city there, bye-bye. Yep. Yeah, it's just going to get that. Whatever's underneath that ruin is going to get roasted. And they can't explain it. They can't because they know that if they explain it, that this kind of power, and this kind of corruption is here, that there are people in Sigmar's forces who would try to harness that power. Mm. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Well, like It's like... They're doing what's right without explaining it to anybody because yeah. and this is where that arrogance of the elves comes in. Right. They're like, we, you're, you know, you can't fix this. You can't even help us. We need to keep you in the dark because you're too easily corrupted. Yeah. I mean, they even mentioned that, you know, the, the, the Sigmarite, you know, the Dawnbringer Crusade, like people, the leaders of those, they're starting to get a little annoyed. With right, the you know the Lumineth uh, realm lords because of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're like <laughs> burning runes in cities and doing all kinds of stuff. They're like, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, 
I like in here when they talk about the actual realm that Hish's greatest export has long been the skills of its inhabitants. Mm-hmm. Them going out and showing people how to do things is their deal. Yeah. Uh, the magic of light is fundamentally opposed to the energies of necromancy, so much so that Nagash has long preferred to avoid the realm altogether than stare into its brilliance. Now he's obsessed with punishing Teclis's people. <laughs> so he's sending armies in there at regularity trying to do stuff, and it's coming in so much that the Lumineth are hard-pressed to stop them. Yeah. I do also like that they talked about during the Soul Wars, they did mention how... Um, to keep the Bone Reapers from re uh, replenishing their troops that they had to burn their dead. Yeah. Which is a huge crime among them because they right. bury their dead because they go back to the land. Back to, there's the, a whole cycle with them. Mm-hmm. And to burn their bodies was a horrible thing that they did. Like this is... They, it's all out war. Yeah. yeah. But this was this was something that was basically... Uh, just abhorrent to them. Like they mm-hmm. were doing something. So, like it was like you know what? Hold your nose and do it. Like they yeah. had to. But it was. It's pretty horrible for them. And the book did a good job of really impressing mm-hmm. how bad that was for them. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I really liked like the the, uh, the the picture on page fifteen about the twin realms, Hish and Olgu. Yes, how they're kind of like Hish is. Hish is basically the sun. For the rest of the mortal realms, which I think is kind of neat. Yes, as as those two spin around each other, the light and the yeah. darkness. Yeah, yeah. So so when Ulgu eclipses Hish, that's like night uh-huh. for for everyone. It's like wow, that's kind that's really interesting. I kind of like that. It is. It's a really neat uh, little bit that they did there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like all this discussion of settlers' gain. Yeah. Uh, we all knew Settler's Gain when you read from the old stuff. Like, okay, this is where we let the humans go. It's really the only place we let the humans go. We're helping, you know, teach them magic and stuff. We're trying to make them better. But when you read it from the elves' point of view, and it's like, okay, um, we're doing this, but you're getting their ulterior motives, and it just seems kind of awful. It's kind of creepy. Well, it's like, we're better than all of you. So we're bringing you here, trying to teach you to be as good as you can. You'll never mm-hmm. be good enough to be us, but if we right. can raise you up to your best you, then that's better than nothing. Like, you're, yeah. you'll st- you're still useful. And it's like, wow, that's pretty. Once again, it's very ruthless. Yeah. It's it's very arrogant. Um, I, mean, I mean, it is mutually beneficial to both sides, but I, I feel like, the the way they get there is a little off putting. And what are these solar powered automatons that they're using for <laughs> magic? Like what 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 is that? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, robots powered by the sun. I mean, it's here. Settlers' gain is an experiment, a vast lens through which they may bring focus to the most efficient means of crafting an allied, none would openly say client, civilization. <laughs> yeah. See, they're not like they look down on them. They're still uh-huh. the monkey. Oh yeah. Um, now, this is a, like this whole sixteen and seventy. The settlers' gain stuff is very cool. Mm-hmm. It's not all it seems to be, and it's kind of fascinates me when you're reading this. Well, right? I mean, if you if you were gonna, I mean, shoot, if you were gonna live anywhere in any of the mortal realms, like this would, this might be your like the most peaceful place you could live is settlers' gain. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, they're living in Azir because Azir managed to lock out or, most or of the bad Azir, stuff. Yeah. Azir, sure, Azir. 
But like, I but mean, but a mortal realm that you can go to and do things in because Azir is still pretty much locked off. Yeah. So they even talk about um, cross realm seekers. Cross realm seekers are mm-hmm. like a type of. It's like a migrant worker from a different one of the different realms ends up in Settler's Game, and, and they're mm-hmm. kind of like the people who are the farmers and stuff, and like the <laughs> wow. But everyone is relatively safe. It's relatively peaceful. But there are you know riots I mean? starting oh, to yeah. happen. And yeah. some people think it's from the elves. Hmm. It's unknown whether the provocateurs acted solely or in, in service of the dark gods. Elven and Stormcast investigators have endured repeated ravings concerning the newborn, which is interesting. Um, but then they talk about how um, they don't know if it's this or if more extremist Lumineth have decided to put their perfect city to a test through the deliberate stoking of rebellion. <laughs> Try and prove that the humans aren't good enough to be there. It's weird. Yeah. There's probably like a a sect of the Lumineth who are like these lousy humans. Mm-hmm. Get rid of them so they kind of stoke you know and, this stuff. It's like wow. And it's considered a success to the point where they want to move and have more of these cities in other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the um what's the storm host that's in Settlers game? Does it say somewhere? Uh, I'm I can't not remember. Certain. I thought there's, I just. But there's def- there's definitely a a stormcast storm host. There is because they said the storm the investigators. Right. I just don't know who it is. Yeah. Um. But I like it's 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 all basically good job for non elves. Right. And they basically say even if they don't do well, they're good for a distraction. Like if yeah. they if they can train them to be as good as humans can be, which still sucks. <laughs> Yeah. But at least if they're really good, if we do go into all-out battles with chaos, they'll be a much better distraction while we get the real job done. It's just that arrogance, that sort of rottenness that they bring to the table. Yeah, well, Teclas can you know, he has to thank the humans for saving his bacon. You know. Yes, he does. At at the bat, you know, on with Nagash, and they blasted him with the with the multiple uh, that's still one of my favorite things from ever since the, the yeah. Mortal Realm started. The battle yeah. between Teclas and Nagash for supremacy. Yeah. Um, but even the, uh, the what do you call it? Um, the, the, the big mountain, the one that's got the actual named character. The, A Velenor? Yeah. Like that mountain is still in trouble because Nagash yeah. hit it with that hardcore spell of rotting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at the maps... On page 18 and 19, you can see these huge yeah. sections of land, and then you see all these cracks where the where things have gone bad, where the land was really destroyed, mm-hmm. and these giant runes yeah. on them, and you're like, oh, then and it's like actual size of the runes, and it's like, yeah. that's miles and miles. Yeah, there are runes massive. bigger than Settler's Gain, mm-hmm. and they show up, and if you're living there, you best move quick. Yeah. You know, yeah, settlers gain, and there's other cities too. Um, there's mm-hmm. even. But I'm just looking at the picture. The settlers gain map is pretty. But you look at some of these ruins. It's like they're huge. They're bigger. I mean, Tor Illareth is tiny compared to the ruins. Yeah, there's even a a fire slayer magma hold in. Yes, there is in, in Ametrica. It's right there. Um, and I like it's it's. They say it's like cauterizing a wound. They burn this into a landscape, sealing shut gateways to the chaos realm, which is a good thing. Yeah. 
In Hish, the land spirits are wise enough to accept the pain of the runes conjuring in exchange for their preservation. The souls of other realms are less amenable. Mm-hmm. So they do this other other places and that those realms are un, unhappy about it. But it's a great description here. It's like they're cauterizing a wound. Mm-hmm. And that's a great uh, idea for this. But yeah, the elves are... I mean, they're just ruthless, and I love I I love about this book how it's like yeah they're helping everybody, but mm-hmm. it's not out of the goodness of their hearts. Like yeah, they well, would they would love they they want they do want to elevate everybody, mm-hmm. but by the same token, it's like yes, we're going to elevate you, but you are so limited. Yeah, you know, it's like they treat everybody like they're little children, like you know, like they're they're just little children, and they're always going to remain that way. You're never going to be smart enough. You're never going to be fast enough. You're never going to be good enough, mm-hmm. but we'll do what we can with you. You're trainable, you know. Like, oh my goodness, it's such it's it's ugly, but it's <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like, I mean, they're very protective of Hish. Kind of like, you know, some things never change with the elves. You mean we were old the one, like you couldn't even go there. Like they protected it with, you know, sea mists and monsters uh-huh. and stuff. And there was like one way to get in, right? You know. You could go to that one city, and that was it. That's all they'd ever Lothurn, right? They'd show you and that. Somehow one that fat city. goblin guy got through with his army. I forget oh, who he, he was. Grom. Yeah, Grom the Paunch. Yeah. yeah. Well, he lucked out. It was just pure luck. And he caused havoc for years. Yeah. Well, he went from one side of Ulthorn to the other. Yeah. Um. Now, when we get to the timeline here, the Okari Dara has some interesting things here. Um. Mm-hmm. Now we talk about they use their realm stone. Which is the yeah. ether quartz? Yeah, ether quartz is basically th- their realmstone is actually the light. Yeah, the light is the power. They have figured out a way magically to capture it and form it into a physical object. Yeah, they can trap it inside of a crystal, a quartz crystal, mm-hmm. and each elf generally carries some with him into a battle. Oh yeah, what's interesting though is. When they use, when they call upon that power of the light mm-hmm. to empower them, it leaves a, a vacuum in the quartz, which then sucks all the negative emotions and stuff from the elves. Yeah. The problem is, it's basically toxic waste. Yeah, I feel like they kind of play that down in this book, too. The whole, like, oh, I disagree. How, sad, how, how sad the elves are. Oh, they play down the, the yeah. Well, here's the. They they have to control their emotions. Yeah, and when you live that long, this is one of the things that they talked about in some of the older books. Right, and it reminds me of like uh, Mister Spock from Star Trek. It's not mm-hmm. that they don't have emotions; it's that they feel them more than we do, and mm-hmm. they have to put a clamp on it, or else it gets way out of control. Right, but I feel like the old the old book had a lot more play with how sad the elves were, and you have to be in certain range of these. You know of the, you know of the of the of the one character, the Cathari or whatever. Yeah, you know that well, was and a those whole, rules like, changed too because they right. dropped that rule where you could make you could put your wounds on the other and make the Cathars. bad guys take the test. Yeah, yeah, they don't have that anymore. Which that's was just, broken as hell. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, that's gone too. Yeah, well, it's just so it was just it was just cumbersome and stupid. It was a great. It was actually fantastic and played to the lore beautifully. It, it was did. just broken. It was really clunky and yeah, it's right. Um, but what I do like in here is they talk about 
the um, these these realm stone, these ether cores after they've been used. Yeah, and they actually had a place called place called Cathardia, which I mm-hmm. think is great. Catharsis, the purging of <laughs> bad emotions. <laughs> yeah, they had a whole city for the purging, which was basically a giant pit. A yep. huge chasm where they just kept throwing the 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 used yeah. ether quartz in. Yeah, they just chuck them in there. And then when and then when chaos comes busting through, where do they bust through? Here, because mm. it's 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 like okay, and I hate to say it because it's terrible, but if you remember the Simpsons movie where they were the lake, they like if you put anything more in the lake, it's mm-hmm. gonna turn to it's gonna turn to toxic. Oh yeah, you know it's like one more little, and they, they did. They <laughs> just built. They put so much garbage into this place so mm. much negative energy and as cool as this is and as interesting as it is and as yeah. dangerous as it is yeah. you would think the elves <laughs> the smart elves the smarter than you elves the elves that know everything would yeah. would like nobody thought this was a bad idea yeah well it just didn't it just didn't think it would affect them you know what i mean like you just just throw it in there it's fine somebody else will deal with it later no there's no they had to know well, I mean, they, the, the fact that it's pulling like, the negativity from them, they know how poisonous it is because mm-hmm. it's literally drawing this poisonous thing out of them. And it says here, okay, it, the great chasm city into which spent aether quartz, aether quartz was once deposited becomes so dense with negative emotion <laughs> that it collapses into the Ulguin realm gate at its heart, allowing the stuff of shadow to creep yeah. into hash. <clears throat> it literally right. broke into the other realm. Yeah. And that's no, the that, pit I mean, of Cathardia, which is cool if you look at that map you were talking about. Yes, and that's kind of like, that's always the dichotomy between elves, right? The high right. elves and dark elves. There's always, always the, you know, there was always the, you know, there are two sides of the same coin, you know what I mean? Yep, but I love when so, you look at the realm map and you've got the land yeah. light and there's that one hole and it's all dark because the dark is coming through. But then you yeah. look at the Ulgu map mm-hmm. and there's this light creeping through in this side because it, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's, come, it's oh, I love this. I love this but it just seems so dumb to me like how did you not know this was gonna happen yeah. well it kind of reminds me of like remember that like like the ancient like roman cities where right there's always like a pit somewhere in the in the town and like the archaeologists are like what is all this stuff and there's all this broken like pottery and stuff down there it's just like just their garbage dump you know oh, what yeah. i mean it's just just a, it's just a pit in the middle of the city where it was just hundreds of years of people tossing their you know they're, you know they're crap in there. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what this it's is. Like, oh, we found a garbage dump. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's exactly what this is. A yep. pit of it's their garbage dump. Yeah. Um, Wars of Reinvention is great. I love it. I think it's fascinating. It also mm-hmm. shows that Teclas is still one of the greatest minds in the mortal realms. Mm-hmm. Like he manages to pull off stuff here that other people can't. With that comes that arrogance where he kind of does what he wants. Yeah. Um, He's kind of at the height of his powers here. Sure he is. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the Tempest Lords were the first to enter the Ten Paradises, so maybe there it's them. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see. What else is in here that I really liked? Um, oh, uh, I like in the story where they were fighting out in the water, and then mm-hmm. the uh, the Deepkin showed up to help them. 
yeah. fight off that chaos, that corn chaos incursion. Mm-hmm. And they tried to help and at least be polite and honor them because they were like, what are we going to do? We got to at least say thank you. These people are, you know, and they're like all kind of. Cre- but by the time they turned around to actually figured out what they were going to, they were gone. Yeah, they're gone now. They don't want to have anything to do with that. They're going to capture us. Get out. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. This last part, this an insult illuminated, which is the last part on this one page. Yeah, this is where Teclas finds out that <laughs> his his intelligence, his wisdom yeah. machine, was used to hide stuff. Yeah, to hide storm vaults mm-hmm. by Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Now, I read this last part, and I just wrote, "What is this?" in big letters next to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. The elves of, of Alumnia prove adept at locating the isolated repositories because now they're they're trying to find these storm vaults and 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 destroy the, the whatever those things were called. I forget that Sigmar used to uh, the penumbral engines. Yeah, the penumbral engine. They're yeah. basically tech, like, go take those back. Mm-hmm. You know, get those back. So they go there. Um, the war host of the Lady Regent Zai earns special renown for breaching the shamanic vault known as the Court of Epiphany, fighting through gun-toting Skaven warlocks and their minions to at last end the evil of the god automaton known as the Iron Demiurge. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? I, I, I'm Who telling knows? you. The, the timeline is becoming my favorite part of these books because yeah. they're constantly dropping nonsense right. in here. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Um, what else in the timeline? Oh, this is where we start to see um, the Necroquake and and uh, all the stories that we've already told. Uh, uh, Teclas has to go in and attack, and then Nagash sends in Archon. Uh, he sends in uh, Manfred. He sends in um, Neferata, and his plan is to corrupt the realm gates to a point where the Shaiish Nadir, which is sucking all of the realms into that center hole and mm-hmm. being devoured by Nagash, uh, it's going to start sucking the magic and the power from the other realms. Any right. gate he can corrupt. And he's starting with Hish because he hates them. Because mm-hmm. um, this is after after Teclis's attack. And now he's like, well, I was going to do this. Now I'm forcing you. It fails. Well, of course. They all fail. This is where Eltharian manages to take out yeah. Ark. Or not. He knocks Archon the Black off the edge of the realm. Yeah, we don't. Tosses, act, he's not actually him off, dead. Tosses him off the edge. We don't know he's dead. Yeah. Manfred. Uh, in fact, there's hints that he's not in this book. Right. Right. Um, Manfred failed on purpose he didn't even try he didn't because he didn't care <laughs> he didn't care he went and as soon as he's like look if he's this like, works yeah. that's great he tried he did try yeah. if it works but the second it started mm-hmm. to turn against him right. he's like later this that, is dumb like, he's out that deuces <laughs> um and he goes and attacks neferata then he goes and attacks neferata's realm while she's gone mm-hmm. uh you can count on manfred to just be manfred yeah like this plan had no chance of success. Nagash's plan. Well, to and partially these because, uh, be, well, honestly, Archon would have succeeded if it was, if, if Archon might have. Altharian was the only chance they had. Nobody could yeah. survive in that area, right, right? As long as he did, and he's the only one who got there. And yeah. it was beautiful poetic justice because Altharian Archon killed Altharian. Yes, he did in the old realm. So that mm-hmm. was beautiful justice. Mm-hmm. Archon would have. Succeed. I think it would have been the only one, right? But like, you just knew Manfred had no chance. He didn't even want to succeed. 
He's like, I hope, I hope Nagash fails. Yeah, you know, he's he's such a petty little punk. He's so (laughs) wonderful. uh, Yeah, here we go. Uh, The Clash of the Gods. Um, They confront, uh, Teclis confronts Nagash atop of Eleanor's peak. Though Mm -hmm. the Archmage and Selenor fight valiantly, Nagash is at his apex of his might, and he comes within a hair's breadth of slaying them both. Hmm. I I didn't get that. From reading Broken Realms Techlist. That doesn't I don't know if it was a Harris, but I I think it did. I think mm-hmm. it did. When he was pounding on him and then Techlist did something and Nagash just popped inside his little bubble of protection yeah, he, and yeah. grabbed it. I was like, oh, oh, he's got him. Like he had him. Now, mm-hmm. how badly he was hurt, we didn't know, but that's Techlist kind of hid that from everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah. And Teclis is gravely wounded in body and spirit, which is fantastic that he constantly has to meditate now and he's hearing yeah. the gash's voice booming in his head. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. That You know that's going to be a part of this continuing story because it's yeah, I hope too so. good. It's too good not to. Right. Um, the bad moon showing up. I like how the elves despise the bad moon. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that not only does it wreak havoc wherever it shows up, but that it messes up. I mean, they're into light and into the stars and into the sky and into the firmaments. Mm-hmm. And the bad moon running wherever it wants messes that stuff up. It yeah. offends them. Yep. Because um, it's not predictable. Just kind of yeah, just it's kind of does crazy. It does its own thing. Um, also, it gets so bad with this attack from the bad moon that... Um, some of the people went into their locked vaults of weapons they made before the Akari Dara that they're not ever supposed to touch. And they brought them out and and stopped the bad moon. But the whole concept that that they put, like other people are like, oh my God, you didn't pull those out. It's like, that was the only way we survived. It's like, what is it even questioning whether survival is worth it? If they had to pull out these weapons should give yeah. the reader a hint at how awful this stuff was. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the inhabitants just fled the city. Yeah. Because, and it says this place is a ghost of its former glory because once that stuff was pulled back out, like, nope, nope, can't be here. Nope. Um, and then we they talk a bit about the Cursling and the different uh, Slanesh cults that are operating and trying to get things going. Mm-hmm. Um, the Realm Shatter Prism, some interesting stuff. There's some. There's it's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, in there. Um, but that's basically most of the story. Yeah, they um, tried to bring in you know that box that they came out with that Arcane Cataclysm. That's what that's right. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Hmm. Um, now there is a couple of pages that got about fourteen runes, and they explain what all the different runes mean. I know Very it's neat. it's cool reading. I'm not going mm-hmm. into all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to the different realms. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, what six that they cover, and the realms are pretty cool. Um, you know, Yumetrica are the first people to grab that reinvention, and they were the yeah. first one to bond. So those are all your Alarith. I like that one. Yeah, I like that there's still, uh, among all the mountain realms, there's still a lot of undead and, and grots and trogs still running around there, messing mm-hmm. things up. Um, Lots of ghouls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Sayari are the master craftsmen. 
rivaling even the Dwarden's craftsmanship. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they basically are supposed to be amazingly and ambitious uh, builders. Um, they no longer try to build weapons, although at times Teclas has said we need weapons. Um, but they are really, really great with... Uh, um, he has them outfitting their war hosts. And they might not be building super huge ultimate destruction weapons but they're still making the spears and the stuff and harnessing the lightning of them this explains yeah. how they have that sun metal weapons these yeah, are the, the guys that make sun metal yeah, weapons yeah these guys that do that uh, when they go to battle they're always the most nicely and and mo- most ornately armored most uh best weapons and lots of ether quartz yeah yeah which they kind of get some they kind of get some stick for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, Iliatha's great. Their uh, matriarchal hierarchy. You trace your bloodlines through the mother, mm-hmm. um, and they are. This is the, these are the guys who clone themselves. And I think there's some cool stuff here because they started cloning themselves too much, and it caused issues. So they basically made a rule that you could only clone have a clone of yourself, right? Because some of these guys started making like a, a group of clones, and then they just started hanging out with each other, and then it got yeah. weird and perverse. And I'm like, ugh, I don't even want to know. <laughs> um, Called the demise. Yeah. What I think is really cool is that when you have the Iliathan armies. Yeah. Um, they're kind of like symbi- symbiotes with each other. Right. So if you make a clone and it's your perfect self and you think alike and all of this, they would put one in with the spears and one in the bows. Right. So when they call orders and stuff, they know that each of the two units is going to act in perfect mm-hmm. unison because you're giving the same orders to it, basically identically the same people. Yeah. You, there's, there was like a rule in the old book, right? I don't know. I don't think they have that anymore. You could like activate like this unit and then this unit, and they could like, or they could get the same command ability. Yeah, like, you would issue it. And, yeah, it they was could bounce, issue- they could bounce it around and all that kind of stuff. It was if you issued a command ability, if there was another unit within three inches, they got to do the command for free. That mm. is gone. Yeah, um, but it's a cool way to use the clones in battle. And of course, they talk about how the beast, uh, the Greenskins, are wreaking havoc in Iliatha because they still are running around like maniacs. Mm-hmm. Um. Zatrek. Yep. And that's this is Teclis's favorite place because these are the mystics. Yep, the super magical place. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's super magical. It's what uh, that's what they are. If you know what Teclis is, you know what this place is. They really um do all sorts of magic, study everything. Mm-hmm. The only only two sources of magic are forbidden. That's chaos magic. And the second is the essence of the bad moon. Yeah. Because that just messes things up. Uh, Alumnia, I like Alumnia. Were they? I don't think Alumnia was discussed in the old book. I thought they only yeah, discussed four places. Um, this is really cool. These are the guys who basically love Tyrion. And they're yeah. weapons masters and they're heroic. Um, but they kind of remind me of the old, like the White Lions or even the, the Shadow... Uh, guys, shadow warriors. Yeah, because these guys don't even have big cities. They live in they live in the mm. wilderness. They they they've toughened themselves. Yeah, by being basically rugged frontiersmen in a realm that is already harsh. Yeah, they and they have they like have more in common with the, the Dawnbringer Crusades. Yeah, they're most commonly seen with them because that's what they do. They go out into the into the wilderness and try to you know settle these wild places. And these guys are all about that. 
Yeah. And then we've got Helon, and that's the air people. They live yeah. and breathe competition. Wisdom can only be gleaned through endeavor, and to push one's skill beyond their limits is the very soul of enlightenment. A mm. true Helonite holds no grudges over losing, provided their opponent is demonstrably superior, but they will train a hundred times harder to achieve victory next time. If anyone watches Naruto, this is Rock Lee and Might Guy. This is exactly <laughs> who this is. The guys who are just going to keep training harder to beat their rivals because that's what you do. Mm. Um, people think that they're braggarts, but the fact is, and then they do turn everything into a bet, but that's, that's who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is the wind land. They're, they're into fa- this weird thing where they jump off the cliff and just ride the wind. Yeah. This is some banana stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have the metaliths, the giant sky islands flying because right. everything floats in this pl- in this area because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Few settlements are large. All are nomadic because they're constantly moving around on the winds. It's pretty cool. Yeah. They have a beef with Bellacor with his cursed skies, I guess. And Yes. And they're saying that it weakens the spirits, the air spirits of the wider realm. So they're maybe I, they can do something about it. I like that, <laughs> reports, kind of to that reports that these zones of heavenly corruption can prevent even Stormcast souls from returning to Azir are concerning. So, yes. The fact that they've done this so that they can't go back and you're losing a, a powerful ally is concerning. Far more worrying is the mm-hmm. torment they may wreak upon the air spirits. They, you know, once again, mm-hmm. it's literally, ugh, you're messing with the air spirits. We're trying to bond with the realms. You're messing with the realms. That's worse than having our our, our strongest allies just, you know, suddenly be in danger of getting wiped out. Yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> Elvish stuff first. That's the lore. Yeah. And, and then it's it kind of great. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, we should break. Yeah. We should break, and then we're going to come back, and then we're going to talk rules and uh, the, how they streamlined them and how this book is actually... Um, I, think it's, I think it's just as fun for the player and less of a hate-filled slog for the people they play against. I agree. I mean, it's just... It's just just streamlined. There's yep. less dice, less, less dice rolling, you know. Yeah, which is which is always a good thing. And less of the worst shenanigans, which I think is super important. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that when we come back. All right. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. We're back. 
Hello. We're back and we're talking rules. Mm. Um, yeah, this was... I, I haven't deep dived into the rules. I can't remember when with a rule book. Yeah. Just trying to compare the changes and see what happened. Um, like I said, losing or, or, or streamlining the Great Nations into a single rule, which is honestly what they've been doing with all the books. I have no right. problem with dropping all that other stuff that was honestly for a previous edition. Right. And it's better that they do this. Um, because what did they do? They took the battle traits that were with each specialty and, like I said, moved it to the scrolls. Mm-hmm. You know? And then they just basically streamlined and fixed up all this stuff to make it just seem better. I know Harrison was very irritated that there the three spell lores went from six six and six spells to six three and three spells. Hmm. And as I pointed out, Techless doesn't need to know twenty some odd spells. <laughs> and it just becomes a slog. And plus, I mean, like you said, you look at the Stone Mage. His spells can really only affect about two or three units. Basically, the most of the stuff he does is for mm-hmm. them specifically. Right. He doesn't need six spells. Mm-hmm. Plus, literally, he's the only character besides Techless who can cast it. How many? Right. I mean, even if you took three Stone Mages, they could each know one spell, and they since you can only cast it once per phase, you know, per yeah. turn. Like you don't need six for only one unit can use them. So I right. like that they trimmed that down. Yes, I mean anything to do to reduce the amount of rules you have to wade through, I think is better. agreed. All right, so we've got the six uh, realms. We'll come to them in a in a bit. We'll come back mm-hmm. to them. Um. What is uh, interesting is let's talk some of the battle traits. Um, yeah. They still have lightning reaction. You can pick two Realm Lords <laughs> units instead of one to fight. That's pretty awesome. That is. Right? That in and of itself, there's no, you don't have to do anything for it. You can fight with two units. How many times have you been in a battle and you're oh, struggling to pick, uh, I really need to fight with this, but I want to fight with, like, this guy needs to get his hits in, but these guys are going to die. If I, mm-hmm. Just having that option is fantastic. Yeah. Um. The everyone has an ether quartz. Every unit has an ether quartz, and you get the you get to use it for one of these different things. However, when you do burn the ether quartz, that unit's bravery characteristic drops by one for the rest of the battle. Mm-hmm. What do you get to do? Um, if you target them for an attack, they can add plus one to their save rolls. If they're going to shoot or fight, you can add plus one to their hit rolls. Or if you're going to cast a spell, you can add one to the casting roll or re-roll the casting roll. Mm-hmm. So you, the nice thing about that is you get to use it after you cast. Yes. So you cast and you can use your ether quartz as a re-roll or, uh, or just uh, to add one to the cast. Yeah, this, having, having that simple rule change where it's just as soon as you use this, you're minus one bravery. That's it. I mean, there was like a whole bunch of rigmarole that you had to do after the, in the old in the older. Well, book. there still is because the Cathalars can still affect that. So yeah, but it was like it was like a it seems like it was a lot more convoluted before. I, I didn't think it was, but maybe I'm mis, maybe I'm misremembering it, but I'm not certain. All right, so let's start to hold on. Oh, I flipped my page here. Hold on, I'm trying to find my notes. Here they are. Here they are. Okay. Um, command traits, still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Hold on one second. I'm sorry. I lost my place here. Okay. Uh, what's happening? Oh, yeah. Okay. So the command traits, uh, mm-hmm. the Venari, um, their grand strategist has changed. Um, okay. add, add one to the role that determines whether if you basically you just you get a command point. Mm. Now it's plus one to the role for oh, the heroic okay. leadership role. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool because it's still a great thing. It's like, oh, wait, if my general is going to use that ability, hmm. I can't, giving out just because this this army was just like a command point factory stuff. You could get it free command points for a lot. And then having two units do stuff for a command point, they trimmed back that a lot because hmm. that really can get out of hand if you've got a ton of command points to do crazy things. Yeah. Um, Almighty Blow is new, and I think it's awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. When a general fights, instead of piling in and attacking, they can do a single Almighty Blow. Pick an enemy in a, within an inch. On a two-up, they take D6 mortal wounds. Yeah. That's not a once per game. Right. When he fights... This is a guy you can send out against characters. Sure. Easily. I'm going to do D6 mortals to you on a two-up. I mean, it's pretty swingy, but yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm saying of these things, you know, re-roll a hit roll or a wound roll once per turn, add one Mm -hmm. to the heroic leadership roll. I like that almighty blow. I think that's a really good one. Uh, The Sonari enhancements are all different. Okay. Um. Spellmaster, you can use your ether quartz without u- ability without using an ether quartz, and since you don't burn the ether quartz, I'm assuming you don't lose a bravery, mm, right? Uh, or you can know two extra spells from the lore of Hish, or the general can unbind an extra spell. In addition, the second time that this general attempts to unbind a spell, you can reroll the unbinding roll. So he gets to unbind an extra, so he goes from one to two or even more. But mm-hmm. the second attempt at an unbind has a free reroll. That's interesting that they've they've still got some reroll mechanics in here. Like the trend has been to get rid of reroll mechanics, and usually you just add plus one to the roll or something mm-hmm. like that. But that's interesting because yeah. there's actually two two abilities on this page that have a reroll. Well, <laughs> like, and the, like I said, the elves get that stuff with it. So what's mm-hmm. the other one that gets the reroll? Um. Oh, maybe I misread that. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, Consummate Warrior under the Venari. Once per turn, you can re-roll oh. a hit roll, a wound roll for an attack. Yeah, or one hit roll, roll, one wound roll. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That's actually a pretty good one. I wonder, is that one die or one roll? It's just one roll. I assume it's one hit roll. So one of the dice you roll. Yeah, hit, one die. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Let's see, what do we got else here? Uh, the Wind Mage. They lose the extra spell and get Gravity Defying Champion, which is once per battle, you can reroll a run roll, a charge roll, and a casting roll. So, mm-hmm. not all, you can roll once per battle, you can reroll all of those things. Yep. So, you basically earn, you get three rerolls. Oh, yeah. Total. I don't like I don't like the amount of bookkeeping that involves, but yeah. Well, you just yeah. I mean, still you keep tokens, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What else? Grand Wind Rider is amazing. Oh, yes. What is that one? So if it's a friendly wind charger unit starts a whole, a move wholly within 24 inches of this general, it can move 16 and fly. That's really bananas. Yeah. It means like these giant units of wind chargers just flying around. Replaces general's wind leap ability. I got to go look at the wind mage and see what the wind leap ability is because that's... Where is this guy with the wind leap ability? That's the question, and I'm so not finding be, him. So it would be the guy on the kangaroo. Oh, okay. Uh, like, I'm still not finding it. Uh, where is it? I don't know. It's going to be... That's not it. That's not it. He's got to be in here somewhere because he's got the ability. I'll find it. Will you now? Because I'm not finding it. Hmm. Oh, here we are. No, that's the wind chargers. Oh, here's the wind, the wind mage. Wind leap ability. Yeah, the wind mage. Oh, it's friendly ones within six inches. Yeah. Holy crap, it quadruples it? Yeah. That's bananas. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. And it lets it move an extra two inches. Wow. Wow. That's great. I mean, that if you're going to play that, if you're going to play the Wind Mages, why wouldn't you? And it's not just one unit. It's all those units. If you have, like, two units of ten and a unit of five, they're yep. just flying everywhere. That's crazy. That's really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Stone Mage got two. Enduring is the same. Three extra wounds. But they got new stuff, too. Start of the shooting phase. Pick a friendly spirit of the mountain within three inches of the general. Add one to the geomantic blast, which is the giant. Yeah, it's his yeah. little shooting attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One An extra attack for that, though, is big. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, um, pick a friendly stone guard unit wholly within six inches. Add one to the wounds characteristic of that unit till your next hero phase. Now, that is one of those things where I think they have two wounds apiece. So they go up to three wounds apiece. Mm-hmm. But if I do Four, you know, if I do say I kill one and I do two wounds on another, when that oh, yeah. when that ends, yeah, when yeah, that so spell ends, they if they've only got one wound left and they had an extra, they die. Yeah, it's the fleshy abundance version. It's the, the, the Lumineth Realm Lord's version of fleshy abundance. Yeah, which and, is sweet. And here's the thing: if you're picking it on a unit like these guys, it's mostly it's the it's the stone mages, the right? Stone guard, stone yeah. guard. So it's the stone guard. Yeah. At, at most, you know, this is going to save a lot of models. Oh, yeah. If they take a lot of wounds. One extra wound per model mm-hmm. adds up quick. Yeah, plus and, these, guys, these guys are tough, too. Like, yeah. there's some, there are some insane combo stuff mm-hmm. you can do on the Alarith. Like, you can make them, like, so hard to kill. Yeah, with just with some pretty basic. But it's also abilities. a very elite army because Harrison was t- saying he's like, oh, you can't just take an all Alarith army. I'm sure you can. Oh yeah, you can. You can just take two stone mages, the named cow, the other cow, and then mm-hmm. just tons of these guys. Yeah, uh, but honestly, tons of these guys winds up being like I think like twenty guys. Like it's not a huge army, right? If you it go would, that well, be, but it'd be, it'd be super durable. Yeah, it's super hard. Um. And at worst, when this spell ends, you lose one model. Yeah. It's totally worth it. All right, let's look at our artifacts. 
Um, the Waystone repa- replaces the Sunstone. And I forget what the Sunstone does, but this is v- very different. It's um, a teleport. Yeah. Instead of once per battle, you can make a normal move. Uh, instead of making a normal, pick a point within 12 inches and move them there, mm-hmm. which is a weird. I mean, you'd have to be totally li- like that. I, I'm not certain I see the big use of a 12 inch teleport. Well, because you can do it within three inches of enemies. Or More, with just outside three inches. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, so you can move a guy basically into charge range. Yeah, but it's got to be... Normally, normally you can't do it within nine, right? But with this one... Right, but I'm saying once per battle in your movement stays, instead, instead of making a normal move, if yeah. I move 12 inches and now I'm three inches away from you, that meant yeah. I was only 15 to start with. And I have a move, and these guys move six inches. So yes, mm-hmm. you, you, uh, I guess you're right because that gets even if I move six inches from fifteen, that's down to, like you said, nine. So yeah, that I guess that's good. Mm-hmm. It's just once per battle. It just seems like, I don't know. I mean, well, of course, run yeah. and charge in the same turn would work just as well. Yes, and that can happen all the time. Yeah, I just, that's probably the better one. Yeah. I just I just didn't feel like the waystone was as great. If you could you move know. and use the waystone, it would be that would be huge. It would be awesome. Or you could move and then teleport twelve inches. That'd be fantastic. But mm-hmm. uh, Phoenix Stone was changed again. I don't remember exactly what it was offhand, but it's once per battle. Before you allocate a wound to another hero within twelve inches of the guy holding it, that. If uh, okay, wait. Once per battle, he before did. you allocate yeah. a wound or mortal wound to another friendly Lumineth Realm Lord's hero within twelve inches of the bearer, and that wound or mortal wound would cause him to be slain, roll a die. On a three up, that wound or mortal wound is negated, and you can heal D three wounds allocated to that hero, and any wounds that remain to be allocated are negated. So once it takes its last wound on a three up, it saves that one. So you get a D three plus one wounds. You don't die. Right. But it's got to be a different hero than the guy who's holding it. Yeah, it's pretty swingy. Yeah, it's another one that may or may not work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blade of Leaping Gold is gone, and now you add one to unbind and dispel rolls for each love, friendly Sonari hero within six inches of the bearer. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, if you can keep that's him near them. Super good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff in here. I like how they kind of bring back some of the old names from the old High Elf book, too. Mm-hmm. Makes me happy. Silver Wand is an old one. Yeah. Uh, Wind Mage, that Windstone got really nerfed. Mm. I forget what the old Windstone... I don't have the book in front of me. Mm. But the Windstone got a lot worse once per battle in the shooting phase pick an enemy unit within 18 inches on a one it takes a mortal wound on a two to four it takes two and the five it suffers four and i just remember something was very different about the windstone if we take a break maybe i'll go grab the book or if harris harrison are you around can you grab my realm lords book from over there it's on top of my computer on the floor by my chair i gotta see what this is because i wrote it in big letters it was nerfed hmm um, I think it was a. It might have been a. Fi- oh, buffering uh, aspiralagum was a five-up ward. Thank you, Harrison. Now it's now, just minus minus hit and one hit hit and wound. Once one per battle, 
You yeah. can do that. So it's like, oh, that's not great either. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Let me look up this windstone quick. Uh, you could talk about the wind blast fan, which I think is the same, actually. But wind blast fans, yeah. Once for battle, start an enemy movement phase. Pick an enemy within three inches. That unit must retreat. It's kind of cool. Doesn't oh, that say is how, cool. Doesn't say how far they have to retreat, but they just have to retreat. <laughs> Uh, where are okay hold on i'm finding it real quick because this is all right i said it was the windstone mm-hmm. um oh that wasn't a huge nerf i guess once per battle in the shooting phase you could pick a uh a unit within 18 inches but before on a one nothing happens and it was three mortal wounds or on a five up it was d6 mortal wounds hmm. now it's two mortal wounds or four mortal wounds so this is actually a little bit more consistent. Yeah. So I don't know what the heck I was writing here. Maybe I was tired. Um, and then we've got the Stone Mage. Yeah. Stuff. Um, the Heartstone Amulet went from a five-up ward to a four-up ward only against mortals. Mm-hmm. So a better ward, but only usable a part of the time. Yeah. Um. Molten Talisman's really good. Yeah, and that replaces the Ebony Stone. I don't even remember that, but this is this is plus one to wound. Oof. With melee weapons for friendly Alarith wholly within 12 of the bearer if it didn't charge this turn. Right. That's the one I'm taking. Oh, yeah. You put this, it, yeah, you give this to a stone mage and you keep him near the unit and you protect him with the unit and they're yeah. getting plus one to wound. Right. And they're already... You know, they're not bad. I mean, they wound on threes. Right. So. Now you're all out attacking and. Yeah. Molten talisman and you're twos and twos from them. Yeah, it's bananas. It's mm-hmm. really crazy. But that's the artifacts. There's so many good little things here, like you said, that you can combo up. The molten talisman, like you said, with the other stuff. And then you take some yeah. of the spells and it's like, oh, this all works. Yeah, molten talisman with, you know, Unyielding toughness, and then, yeah. Then you then, then there's another. Then there's you cast ethereal blessing on that unit. It's like oh boy. Yeah, no kidding, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff you could pop. Now I I remember in the old book they had a lot of little bravery bombs you could do. That's not really in here nearly as much anymore right. either. They lost that. I'm looking for the lore of Hish really quick because I want to. Here we go. Um, now, Solar Flare mm-hmm. is a good spell, but it was a better spell. Basically, they just cut out part of what it does. Uh, it's uh, only a 10-inch range. goes off on an 8, though. But pick a point within 10 inches. If there's an endless spell there, it's dispelled. If there's a unit at that point, roll a number of dice equal to the number of models for the unit. For each 6, it takes a mortal wound. Hmm. Which, if you're fighting against hordes, mm-hmm. you know, 20 or 30 models, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what it dropped was, in addition, until your next hero phase, subtract two from casting, dispelling, and unbinding for wizards within 12 inches of that point. Huh. That yeah. was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Because you would just drop that as far up as you can near your enemy's wizards. And it's like, even mm-hmm. if I don't kill too much of anything, minus two to all that stuff was great. That's yeah. gone. Um, totally Killips also now casts on nine instead of an eight. That didn't, that got, yeah, I nerfed a little bit, but still really good spell. Well, yeah, and honestly, it's worth, I'd still try to cast it on a nine. Mm-hmm. Um, until your next hero phase, they have to spend two command points instead of one to issue a command. Yeah. That is 
a broken spell. It's a mm-hmm. great spell. It works to the lore. It works very well to the lore. Yeah. But ding dang, that is crazy. Yeah, that's a game changer. That's when you're trying to cast every turn, and you're and you're and you're going to have your uh, uh, what is it? Your um, what are the endless spell? You're going to try to bring up the um, oh. which totally got nerfed and needed to be the twin stones. Yeah, because the twin stones before never went away. You just drained them, and they started filling up again, and they became a battery of minimum plus one to cast. Um, and we'll get to them later, but mm-hmm. between that, his, the twin stones and the total eclipse, like you could really mess with a person's game really easily. Um, but I still love total eclipse. I would totally give it to someone. I would still try to cast it. Um, in fact, th- that's one of those things where if I don't need too many spells and I'm playing with Teclas, he's throwing that. Oh yeah. Like I don't you even. Can, have- you, you can cast it you know, with Teclas. You can. Do it so you can't even unbind it. Right. So here you go. Now you're you're paying two command points, and I'm just going to mm-hmm. keep doing that every turn if I don't need his spells for other things. Right. Because why not? Because that is such a powerful way to mess with your enemy. That's table wide. Yeah. You 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 just spend two command points instead of one always. I mean, you get what two to four generally yeah, I mean, per. If you go, yeah. If you go, uh, if you go. If First, I go second and my general's second. on the board, if I go second yeah. and my general's on the board, I got three. Yeah, and then I can roll to get a fourth. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I got two, maybe three. Even right. if I get four, I went from four commands to two. Two, and if you only have three, yeah, you went wasted. from three commands to one. To one, yeah. That's th- that is <laughs> that's the best spell in this. Yeah, in whenever the, I in the book, I, I think whenever I fight against Lumineth, and they've got this spell somewhere, I just I just save my dice to stop it. Yep, it's it, you. You they, have to cast whatever else you want, whatever else you want to do. Go ahead and do it. I'm stopping. I'm gonna try to stop this one. Yeah. So you, you have it, to. It, it always gets cast last by the Lumineth player. Um, overwhelming heat. Uh, that's seven on a twenty-four. Pick an enemy unit with enrage half their move characteristic, then roll a dice, and if it's equal to or greater than their save, they take D three mortal wounds. That's replaced lambent light, mm. which is pick a unit, and then uh, in your shooting phase, you can reroll hits. To uh, you can reroll hit rolls. I mean, that was so broken. So this is a cool spell, and yeah. it replaces the dumbest spell that they had. Well, what did that one do again? Lamp uh, and light? Hold on. Let me read it, because it was so good, and it was yeah. it pissed people off so bad. Cast on a five, by the way. Pick an enemy with an 18 inches. Until your next hero phase, you can reroll hit rolls for attacks made with missile weapons that target that mm-hmm. unit. And then you just had your five-up mortal mm-hmm. wound shooting arrow guys. And you re-rolled your misses. And you re-rolled your misses. So you just had more chances at fives and sixes. Yeah. And it's, you, and it's not a unit gets to re-roll their hits. It's I pick an enemy unit and all missile weapons shooting at that unit get to re-roll their hits. So wow. you pick a unit you want to eliminate and then so you, you just, just start. Man. Yeah. So you just pick some dude's general. Uh-huh. And just bomb it with 
archers, and you don't care about minus one to hit from. I took out a great unclean one in a turn. Yeah. Because I got to, I had what thirty archers, and I got to re- all my and all those mortal wounds came down. <laughs> and I mean, yep. granted, I needed a good roll, and I got a good roll. Sure, but cast lambent light on it, and then yeah, you, yeah. They had lambent light, and they had their sun metal weapons geared up, and they just, dist- I mean, you basically, you could pick a unit if you had enough archers, pick mm-hmm. a unit, delete it. Yeah, it was dumb. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm glad it, that spell is gone. Yeah, for sure. Because that plus, talk about you know, you're saying they've got a lot of rerolls here. That's a huge amount of rerolls. Yes, it is. Rerolling and, all hits for yeah. all your shooting against that particular unit is. And I think bananas. I think the bows used to have a range of thirty. Yes, that got shrunk back a bit too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. It was thirty, and now it's down to twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Oh my. This mm-hmm. army's terrible now. I don't know why <laughs> people would play it. They're so. I think, I think the best part of over, overwhelming heat is you have the move characteristic of the unit. Yeah, and that's a big. Yeah, because it's so hot. It's hard. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. And then and roll it, a die, and you could do D three mortals. Which, by the way, picking that on an enemy hero. Yeah. Now the hero's moving slow, and D three mortals. If you've already taken a few, yeah. like. I always kind of poo-poo D3 Mortals because I play Horde Armies. <laughs> and D3 Mortals is a joke, but it's like if yeah. you target the right things. Well, this is a spell you're casting against someone's characters. Yeah. Right, you're going to hit the guy's Maw Crusher with this thing. Yeah. Because you just want to make it move half as fast. Yeah. Um, I really like Ethereal Blessing, where you just basically make a unit, a unit Ethereal. Yeah. I mean, shoot. And it just goes off their armor. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't give them, it doesn't make them ethereal with like a four up. It makes them ethereal with their regular save. Which there's a lot of five up in this army. Well, yeah. And there's a lot of four up in this army, though. I think, I think the, what's the? If you can cast it on the cows, they have threes. Yeah, you can. Cast yep. on anybody. Yeah, so you got a lot of the, a lot of the characters have threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Stone Guard have a four. Yep. Oh, that's right. You give this to the Stone Guard who get an extra mm-hmm. wound. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like you said, you can't you can't do anything to them. That's awesome. Yeah, you, you, so they got so that, then they got a four, so they got a four up save. Right. But they can't be so they're un, yeah, unrendable four up. They got three wounds each and they're plus one to wound. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff you can combo on those guys. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of silly. Now here, the and Lord then, of the and then you make them, and then you make them oh. a metrica, right? Yep. So then, rend doesn't work on. Them. Well, it does because <laughs> rend one goes to rend zero, but rend two goes to rend one. Yeah. So it used to be ignore rend two, which was really kind of busted. Yeah. Um. Now, but Lord, it's still yeah, really it's still cool. good. Lord of the Winds. We lost three spells. Um, one what what doesn't allow your enemies to run, one that um, it's the it 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 affects your shooting again. Mm. Uh, pick a unit with missile weapons wholly within twelve inches, and you can add six inches to the range. Oh, that's right. This was the spell where. You could make your shot go six inches farther. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, if that for lofted went from thirty to thirty-six, and if you picked the the other one, you got plus one to hit or something like that. They got rid of that. So they, I mean, they they cut out the grossest spells 
in the spell book, which is fine because once again, it's Hurricane Wizards, and you've only got I think one. That's a, yeah. or maybe there's two. You know, I think th- well, I think it's just the one, right? Yeah, I think it is just the one mage. So yeah, so you don't need six spells. It's the Hurricane the, Spirit of the Wind, dude. Yep. And the other one they lost was that you, uh, you you know, you pick a unit and you roll a die for every model in the unit, and on sixes they take a mortal wound, which is not bad. Uh, but if you cast it on a ten or more, which certain characters can just do, yeah. then it, it does the mortals on a five. Yeah. Oh, the Wind Mage, of course. Yeah, so they got rid of that stuff. stuff. Or yeah. Techless. Or Techless. Who right. can cast the, the second level spell they cast on a ten, mm-hmm. you know? But what do they have? They've got Howling Gale, which, uh, you know, um, they can't issue or receive commands. You've got Healing Zephyr, which is heal D3 units or D3 uh, wounds. Mm-hmm. And Transporting Vortex, pick a Realm Lord unit wholly within 12 inches uh, and just put them anywhere more than nine. In- so that's the, that's the teleport spell. Yeah. Those are all good. Yeah. Those are all good. And Laura the High Peaks did a uh, another that one also. They lost three of their spells, which and I know I, I normally don't do this. Sorry, I normally don't do this. But having played this and having played it against people who were just like, I'm not having any fun playing this because this army's dumb. Mm-hmm. And even Harrison, who barely knows how to knew how to play, was like, I keep winning with this because this army's dumb. <laughs> uh, so they lost. Um, uh oh yeah unyielding comp cat oh that's right this is goes to your alice so you go to your stone mages cast on a four pick a friendly realm lord unit within 18 inches don't take battle shock tests yeah they drop that they drop voice of the mountain which is subtract two bravery from enemy units then until your next hero phase, subtract one bravery from enemy units instead. So, oh, yeah, until the end of the turn, minus two to their bravery, then minus one to their bravery as they slowly braven back up. Yeah. That's gone. The, that was the the bomb that's gone. And the other one that's gone was uh, pick an enemy unit within 24 inches. Roll a dice equal to the cast, a number of dice equal to the casting roll. And for each roll less than the save characteristic, they take a mortal mortal wound. Ones or twos. Oh, yeah, this was not a really great spell. That was one you could just lose. But the other two were pretty good, mm-hmm. and they were just gone. So what do these guys have after they got some of the stuff? Um, they got unbreakable stoicism, so a stone guard unit. Uh, use crushing blow. They do mortal wounds on fives instead of sixes. Which is, once again, sto- you could, you, you, you're right. You could really, if you pick... Just an Alarith army, yeah. With the, and the, the, yeah. up to you know the the rend being reduced. Throw mm-hmm. the extra wound on them. Uh-huh. Give them crushing blow, which is mortals on sixes are now mortals on fives. Yeah. From what I've, I don't know. I've been kind of looking, you know, at tournament results, whatnot. Um, yeah, the Alarith army is doing pretty well. Yeah, and it should because it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Crippling Vertigo is the same. Uh, cast on a six, 18 inches. This one, this is the one that upsets people. I remember playing this, and this would upset people. On a six up, I pick an enemy unit within 18 inches, and until my next hero phase, every time they try to make a normal move, a run, a retreat, a charge, or a pile in, I roll 2d6. If it's greater than their bravery, they don't do the move. (laughs) 
Um, yeah. When I was playing against Fenske's uh, troll army, oh man, which is basically the whole army's like what a bravery four or five. <laughs> yeah, uh, he had this huge unit of trolls that was just sort of kind of kind of. I'm like, no, they're never moving. <laughs> and it was, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, they didn't change it. Yeah, and here's the thing. I think one of the things that's cool about the the Realm Lords, their game really messes with your game. Mm-hmm. Like this is the this is the one army I can think of where they have a lot of spells. They're like, nope, your opponent, you can't move. You don't get to fly. Your movement is half. You don't do this. You don't do that. Like you have to spend two command points to spend this spell. They right. mess with you. Have you. to retreat now. Yeah, yeah, they mess with all of your stuff. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, living fissure went up to a casting value of seven. But for that extra point, because it was a six, Mm -hmm. the range doubled Mm -hmm. from nine to 18 inches. And that's huge, because this is when you'd pick a point within, draw a straight line to the point. Every unit that goes over on a two-up, they take D3 mortals. Mm -hmm. Once again, it's only D3 mortals. If it's a bigger unit, it's not going to make a difference. But an 18-inch range? Yeah. You could cross a lot of units in 18 inches. Yeah. Yes, I've noticed playing this game a little bit more is that you just if you can just do D three mortals with this and then D three mortals with this thing and then you know you just you just chip away at units in this game with these different abilities and they all they all stack up more than you think that they would. Yeah, no, I I am not in yeah. any stretch of the imagination saying anything about this not like I there yeah. is they've take they've stripped this army down. Yeah. a bit, but honestly, it's just the worst parts of what they had. Mm-hmm. Like the grossest stuff is gone, the army's still rough. Right. It's cool. Yeah. Uh okay, so we got six great nations. Yeah. All some pretty cool abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we already talked about Yometrica. Yometrican Alarith. So it's your Stone Guard, your Stone Mages, your Spirit of the Mountain. Um, Rend 1 counts as Rend 0. Rend 2 counts as Rend 1. Yep. That's, like I said, dude, yeah, you could totally make an Alarith army with this. That would be great. And like you said, yeah. apparently it's doing well in the tournaments. Yeah, it's doing pretty good. Um, Sayar starts, okay, Sires, if you're into the Ether Quartz thing, mm-hmm. having those bonuses, all of their units start with two Ether Quartz mm-hmm. instead of one. Yeah. So that now that can mess you up because it, you lose the thing, but... <laughs> Minus two bravery. Right. Well, here's the thing, though. Uh, the, if you have the, enough Cathalars there... That's true. If it's within 18, you just, they absorb the negative. Don't subtract one, but instead pick an end. So you can still yeah, do pass that. Pass it off. They pass yeah, it off. Pass it off. So the double ether quartz, as long as you've got a few, you know, you can start passing off a lot of minus one. Now, now you can only do it once per battle. Yeah. But if I'm doing well, it every turn, if I've got two castellars. Do, do what once per battle? You can only pick uh, any, any uh, the unit that you, like, you pick an enemy unit and you subtract one from their bravery instead. Mm-hmm. You can only pick any given unit once per battle. I can't just pile on negative seven bravery onto the same oh, unit. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that's fine. Then every time I use one, I'm just gonna try to pick another unit, pick a different unit, pick a different yeah. unit. You know, by the end of the game, if I've got two Cathalars and a bunch of this ether quartz, that's mm-hmm. two units per turn I'm subtracting one from their bravery. Yeah. 
You know, the only thing is because of the way it's worded, I think that because it says, uh, you know, um, it's going to absorb negative energy. If you do so, do not subtract one from the unit spray. Instead, pick an enemy unit within 18 inches. If uh, if you do so, you can pick an enemy unit. Right. Oh, so you don't have to. So I could just not subtract one. So they could absorb, even if there's no other units to give that negative one bravery to, mm. I can still stop my unit from taking the negative one bravery. Okay. Yeah, that's what it says there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I misread that there for a second. But that's, you know, like I said, I'm not... I'm not one that's going to be trying to take a lot of ether quartz well, personally. I mean, but I, I, there's people smarter than me who've got to figure out a way to use that. That but, rule is that rule is weird and really weird. It says you can say that this unit will absorb the negative energy. Uh huh. If you do so, do not subtract one from that unit's bravery characteristic. Mm-hmm. Instead, you can pick an enemy unit with an 18. You can. So just. Yeah. What does that word? What does "instead" mean, though? Well, inst- that's what that's what I was wondering. It said instead of subtracting the one from their bravery, you can pick a unit within eighteen inches. If you do so, subtract one from. See, it makes it sound like uh, <laughs> the "instead" is the weird word in there. But yeah. I still think I lose one if there's a guy there. I can I can do that instead. I don't mm. subtract one, but I can do that instead. I don't have to do that instead. Yeah. I can just subtract the one. And then, or not take the one penalty and then do nothing, I think. Mm. And I was looking at the FAQ that they released, and I didn't see anything that, that was asked about that. So, yeah. Okay. Um, Iliatha got a huge change to its uh, special ability. Well, they have, the same, they have the same one as Sayar, right? No, they can use. Two ether quartz. You can only use one ether quartz reserve. Oh, I see. Yeah. It, it's kind of like a command. You can yeah. only use one per phase. Yep. These guys can use two per phase. Mm-hmm. But hold on. What was oh, the once we're training, you say that two friendly Venari units will use their ether quartz reserves to use an ether quartz reserve ability in the same phase instead of only one. Yeah, because normally you can only do it once per phase. One unit? Yeah, one unit per phase can use the oh, I see. So ether quartz have... reserve. You can't have all. You have three units of archers. All three of those units can't no. use either. Once per phase, one unit can use it. Gotcha. But Iliatha, two units can use theirs. Yes. Gotcha. So now, but the the thing they used to do was just really dumb. Yeah, it was really confusing. Oh, you before like, add it was plus two to their bravery. Mm-hmm. Plus two to your bravery is a hundred thousand times better than this. Um. Oh, and the other thing, they actually had two things that they could do. Yeah. One was plus two bravery to all their units because we always picked it. And then the other one was after uh, a Venar, uh, Iliatha Venari unit uses a command ability, pick one within three inches, and they can do that same command ability without spending a command point. You yeah. can only do this once per phase. Yeah. But the way that's worded yeah. is that you could bounce it. Between all your Iliatha units. Uh, it was it was there there was I saw something after a friendly I, Venari unit uses a command ability, you can pick one other Venari unit within three inches. Yeah. If you do so, that unit can use the command ability without spending right. command points. Right. So they use their command ability, which then 
thing, they just use their command ability. Now it procs that same ability on another unit nope. within range. Yeah, that's no, what they uh, used to do. But no, they couldn't have because uh, right here it says you can only use this ability once per phase. Right. You, you only use it once per phase, but it keeps bouncing. You actually only use the ability once per phase. But the way that that was worded, no, if no, that uh, then someone uh, was cheating because it's a uh, command ability. You can't. I know. Well, I here's know. the thing. I know. It if doesn't you can matter only now. Use, it's yeah. literally a mood point, right? But if you but can I, only I, use I a remember, I remember. I would call someone out for cheating. I remember specifically reading this on like a Lumineth Realm Lords thing. Then those people were cheating. Mm, I don't. It you. <laughs> they were no. They were. Because it, it, because I, uh, I remember, I actually do remember this conversation, and I don't, mm -hmm. it wasn't us that had it. Yeah. But it was like you can only use it once per phase. Well, if it could, if if the, if it meant use that ability, then you would never have to say it because since you can only use one command ab ability per phase, mm -hmm. you know, because you're spending a command point, you can only do that a command point once per phase. So why would you have to say that? Because it's not talking about the command point; it's talking about the 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 the, right. the boost. Because right. you're, you're, so, you're, I guess. I think the point that with that was you're literally only spending one command point to do this. Yeah, but it was for two units, not for three, four, and five if they were all near each other. Uh, yeah. If people were doing that, they're cheating. And I'm calling, uh, I'm just saying it right here. If people were doing it, there was I know it wasn't you, you read it, no, but they I, were cheating. Yeah. yeah, there was definitely a thing that was going on about that, but whatever. So a moot point now. Sure, sure. Uh, let's see. Zytrek is plus one to cast, dispel, and unbind for all that, friendly wizards. That's really, wizards. That's, that's really good. That's super good. Especially because you can combine that with some other stuff they got. Yeah. That's the crazy thing with this is there, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it, like I said, this book is still really hardcore. Yeah. It didn't really lose much doing this, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, you can, yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, the old one was add one to the first casting dispel on bind roll, but they knew an extra spell, mm -hmm. which knowing an extra spell becomes really big. Yeah. But you don't need it when you've stripped away half the spells too. Right. So if you combine that with like fast learner, so they could unbind an extra spell, and then they could. And the second spell, they could re-roll the unbinding roll. So now would you get to unbind an extra spell? But you, you get, get to re-roll it. Oh, you get a plus yeah. one. <laughs> I mean, my God. Like, you, your opponent would never get any spells off. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, if you're playing mm -hmm. a lot of wizards, that's pretty cool. And you are playing a lot of wizards because every flipping unit's a wizard. Right. But oh, this, my God. I didn't think about that. All of those, all of the sun metal weapon spells. Yeah. Which then start going off on what? Uh, sun. Four. Uh, what is that? Uh, looking for that spell. Yep. Speed of Hish. No, not Speed of Hish. Power uh, of Hish. Power of Hish. Uh, like it goes off on a six. Okay. So, so now it's going off on fives. Right. Oh God. Yeah. Jeez. So, yeah. So like, so like all the Venari, all the units get. They're all spellcasters. Yeah. Do you have to pick a spell for all of them too? You do, don't you? Uh, for what? what? Wait. Like, Venari, Arlen, Wardens, the guys with the big spears. Uh-huh. Says they're wizards. They're five or more models. Okay. They cast a spell, unbind a spell. So do you have to you have to pick a spell for them? Uh, unless it says that's the only spell they know, then yes. 
What a you, pain. You, this thing is you, you never use it because mm-hmm. you're sun metal weaponing the heck out of every one of them. Right? You're just casting power of hish every time. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I so let's see what else. I wish they had. I wish that I, of all the things I wish they had done in this. I wish they had streamlined that kind of like they did with evocators in Stormcast. Like that's a unit of wizards, but they can oh, only yeah. cast. They can only cast one spell. It's the one on their war scroll. Right, and I think that's what we expected. But as even as yeah. we're saying it, I'm like, wait, no, but they're elves. I guess they know so much magic that they're not going to mm-hmm. limit them on that. Now, yeah. uh, uh, Alumnia and Helon were in the old book with their. Uh, if you you could pick them as a great nation, mm-hmm. um, Alumnia has changed. Huge. It used to be. Uh, before the first battle round, um, up to three of the Venari or Scenarians can make a normal move but not run. Mm. Um, which is, that's the beginning of the game, especially with this, the, you know, um, you, yeah, the elves move like six inches. Yeah. So setting up and picking three units to just jump up like that mm-hmm. uh, was, a, was a cool ability. Now it's... Um, it's better now. Yeah. If the base of each model in a friendly unit is touching the bases of two or more other models, which is basically Shining Company, mm-hmm. um, and it's within six inches of an objective, it counts as two models for right. the purposes of con- contesting I mean, the objective. I mean, it's, I mean, it's dumb right now with Galician Veterans, but when Galician Veterans goes away and... Yeah. So Galician know, Veterans counts them as, what, three, three. apiece? Three, So yeah. here's my question. If each one of these guys counts as two... <laughs> Then does the two, each of the two become, so basically my question, does each model become six or does no. each model become four? And I think you have to pick a rule. Oh, you're right, because yeah. when you're contesting the objective, if two different effects would affect your, yeah. ah, pick, pick, right, pick, right, right, you'd have to pick, pick a, a rule. rule. Yeah, pick one rule, just, yeah. So this will be really good once Galician Veterans is gone. Yeah, but right now right, it's yeah. not as good, so right, there's no reason to right. pick it. Right. Um, and of course, the Helanites get plus one attack for missile weapons when they're within six inches of enemy units. So you got to be up close, but still plus one to hit, plus one attack, or plus one attack. Yeah, is just an it's an extra dice. And they're mm-hmm. this whole army is like threes by threes for their right. for their fighting because they're elves. Yeah. But, I mean, if your archers are within six inches of enemy units, they're probably going to get smoked. So True, but you've got other units that can shoot. And within six yeah. inches means, so I've got my, I've got my, uh, my shining host uh, too deep, you know, of spears mm-hmm. right in front of that unit that's right behind them of the bows. And you're fighting... And I'm standing right behind you with an extra attack now because you're within six inches. If I put them right behind that other unit as a screen, that's great. Yeah. Because then you can unleash hell, too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so many combos. Oh, my gosh. It's almost like I'm learning how to play the game. Don't say that. That's not true. Um, Path of Glory. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then, we're into, then we're into grand strategies and battle tactics. And the stuff. grand strategies aren't bad. Mm-mm. Four four more Venari units on the battlefield, and your general and your opponent's general. Actually, that's kind of hard. We'll kill the general and have four Venari units left. Mm-hmm. So you, it's kind of a lot to do to get your grand uh, strategy. Um, 
a friendly Sonari in each quarter of the battlefield. That's like that's a lot of points. That's yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, if two or more friendly Alarith units are contesting two or more objectives, uh, that one that one's not too bad. Um, unless you you're playing all Alarith because you don't have that many models. <laughs> well, if your whole army's Alarith, that's true. Um, the other one is three or more friendly Huracan units within six inches of the same enemy unit. Then you get the point. Uh, yeah. I That's, don't know. These are okay. It should be super simple, the way that those yeah. units move. Yeah. I mean, you could just you could just like do that at the end. If your wind mage is still alive and you've mm-hmm. got three units of... Or just, just your wind mage and two of the kangaroo units are left alive, you just... Bleh, last turn. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That is true. That should be easy as long as they're alive, yeah. And if they're dead, you probably lost the game anyway, so... <laughs> um... Battle tactics, they're pretty decent. Yeah. You know, kill the monster, but you got to kill it with a ballista with one of yeah. the. Yeah. I was like, eh, okay. Right. Um, pick an enemy unit and a Lumineth unit that has some ether quartz. You got to destroy the unit and still have that. The, a, an ether quartz left. Now, if you have two ether quartz, you still only have to have yeah. one left. So Right. So if you were that one faction that has two. Mm hmm. You could still use one and still get this. That's, mm-hmm. you know, as long I mean, it, or or just don't use it. You got one, just don't use it and destroy. Just, it's just for that turn. Yeah, exactly. Um, this one, four or more spells are successfully cast with different units in this turn. That one's actually easy for this army. Yeah. Uh, pick a hero and a friendly elementary unit that has at least an ether quartz reserve. If you kill the oh, same thing as before, except instead of a unit, it's a hero. Mm-hmm. Um, or a monster, it's a hero. Yep. Yeah. Um, Hishmade manifests. You complete this tactic. There are two or more endless spells from your army on the battlefield at the end of the turn. That one should be super simple. Yeah, two or four, and and a lot of these have to do with casting spells, which you can cast a lot of spells. Well, I mean, you can only cast one endless spell per turn, so you'd have to. Yeah, but I'm saying you have so. I mean, it, right. you have so many casters. It can't be that hard to still do your thing and be throwing out endless spells as well. Yeah. Uh, and what was the last one? Ignore the odds. Ignore the, the odds. Two? Yeah. Uh, when you realize battle tactic, uh, pick a friendly realm lord's unit and an enemy unit that's in an inch of each other. You complete this tactic if that enemy unit is destroyed in this turn and the Lumineth Realm Lord's unit you picked has not been destroyed. Duh, that's pretty... It's some pretty straightforward stuff, really. Yeah, I mean, that one, you kind of know when you're going to be able to do that one, I would hope. Yeah. Um, Got so many cool things here. Let's go through, like, Teclis and a couple of characters and then take a break. And then yeah. we'll keep going with this because it's getting late and I kind of want to get through late. this. But, man, this is some good stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, Teclis. Yeah. Teclis is the same as he was. He's awesome. He's mm-hmm. got 16 wounds. He's got a four-up save. He can fly. He knows all the spells. Yeah. He does. He knows all the spells. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, at the start of the hero phase, you can say he's going to cast one spell, two spells, or three spells. If it's only one. It's just cast with a roll of 12 that cannot be modified, and it can't be unbound. Right. The number is given there just for the sake because in case there's something that has to use a number. If you do two spells, 
they're automatically cast with a 12 that cannot be modified. These spells can be unbound. So you could use a scroll or something or roll uh-huh. a bo- a box cars with a bonus or something. You can yeah. get rid of it. If you do four spells, they're automatically cast with a 10 that cannot be modified and they can be unbound. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Now, the only thing that has changed, which I thought was interesting, was once Teclis has taken 10 wounds or more, so once he's been wounded pretty bad, mm-hmm. the he can't choose the one. Oh, yeah. He can't choose. So his ability to cast spells changes as he's taking a beating. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes from the one, two, or four to just two or four once he's taken 12 wounds. Once he's taken 13, he can only do the four. And you're thinking, okay, well, he still can do a ton of spells. Sure he can. But you can, now you have a chance to unbind them. As he's taking a beating you might be able to unbind his spells. Right. And I, I've said it before when we've talked about him, and I'll say it again. I love how his... Nagash can cast so many more spells. Mm-hmm. And he gets up, like, he starts off with a plus three and, like, eight spells or something dumb like that. Nagash has taken magic by the throat and commands it, right? Yeah. Teclis doesn't cast as much, but he does it perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, one spell you don't even get to try. So you can have all the pluses you want to your dispels. You don't get to try. Two spells and you can try, but he's at a 12, which means even Nagash at full power needs at least, because you got to overdo it, so he needs a 10. Yeah. He needs a 10 to dispel okay. it. And fours go off on a 10. I know. You know, I mean, it's he he doesn't cast as much, but what he does is absolutely perfect. It's really, yeah. it's a cool, cool um it's just a cool dichotomy between the way that these two ultra mages work their 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 actual magic. Mm-hmm. So I guess if there's only if there's one beef against Teclis is, man, he doesn't have a ward save. His armor's not that great. You know what I mean? This is yeah. about his only downfall. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to you can't pick ethereal for him because that ethereal thing you pick for the general and he's a named character he can't take one. Mm-hmm. But he's got so much stuff that is ridiculous. He starts off with the Selenar's Aura, which starts at 16 inches. Okay. Plus one to all casting, dispelling, and unbinding rolls for Realm Lords wholly within the Aura of Selenar. Yeah. And we already said there's the other thing that gives you the plus one. Oh, Zytrek. Yeah. So if you're playing a Zytrek army and Teclis is on the field, Everyone yeah, within 16 inches of him at the start, which is most of the board, is getting plus two to cast and dispel. So, yeah, those uh, that uh, Sun Metal Weapons one, the Light of Hish, is going mm-hmm. off on a four. When he points his old Teclas. He's 700. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was 660. Now mm-hmm. he's 700. So he's like a third of your army. Yeah. I mean, he's no joke without Mm -hmm. that word tape, like you said. Now, um, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Okay. So once again, we talked about Teclas. Oh, by the way, Teclas can unbind any number of spells. (laughs) He can dispel constantly. And in your hero phase, in addition to casting, he can automatically dispel an endless spell without rolling. 
Yeah. And in the enemy's hero phase, he can automatically unbind one of your spells. So he can attempt to unbind everything, but he gets to pick one, and it's not the first. He can just pick one to unbind. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing what other people do, it just kind of throw out your first spells, the ones that you want to try to get them to burn their dispels. Where does it say he can keep dispelling? Uh, under wizard. Techless can attempt to unbind any number of spells in the enemy hero phase. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally, he can unbind all he wants. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, he's he's great. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. I think if you can get to him, you can beat him up, though. Oh, sure. Um. Oh yeah, and if if you're with and also if you're all within the aura of Selenar, once again, which starts off at sixteen inches. Mm-hmm. Oh, you cast a spell on me? On a four up I can ignore it. Mm-hmm. And then get this. I ignore it. Then pick an enemy unit within eighteen inches of that unit that 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 did it. That unit takes D three mortal wounds. <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. yes, like Techless redirects the spell, yeah. Techless is seven hundred points. But you are now basically casting whatever you want, and mm-hmm. you're stopping almost everything. You have at least have an opportunity to stop so much. Yeah. Would you take him in oh, your army? Um, he's th- this is not a cheap army. Um, I I don't know if I would take him to a tournament. Do you but, own him? Do you own? Oh, him of course. Well? Yeah, we we have just about every unit. Of course, this is Harrison's favorite character in the game. We bought yeah. it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, he wants to play him, and I'm going to get it all put together once it's all put together and painted, so he can field it. Because I would love to p- try and play against it, and I would love to see what he does. I think he can be brutal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Would you take him for seven hundred? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much army you'd have left. In this super elite army, this guy's 700 points. I don't know. Yep. I mean, even his special spell, Storm of White, Searing White Light, it casts on, it's, it's, it's got a casting value of 10, which doesn't mm-hmm. matter because that's the least he casts at. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 18 inches. Roll a die for every enemy unit within range, not wholly within, just within range and visible. So every mm-hmm. unit within 18 inches of Teclas. On a two to four, they take D three mortals. On a five up, they take D six mortals. Yeah. Every time you get near him, he's just blasting out magic. It's such a cool character. Yeah, he could get killed. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have to take a lot of cheaper units to put him in here. Right. I, I don't know how effective he would be. I just know that this is a model that plays to his lore perfectly. Oh yeah, I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um. They like the box out on page thirty-four. You know, it's like I, there's some like continuation of the story in there, in, like the last you know paragraph or so. Hold on, let me you see. You know, where it says like it says Teclas privately wonders who truly was the greater sorcerer in the duel between him and Nagash, and how for the and how for the intervention of humanity tipped the balance. Since that day, the mage god has carried deeper wounds than any realize. As a mortal, he required potions and filters to sustain his sickly form. Now he must spend ever greater periods in contemplation amidst the void, seeking to fill the wounds in his soul afflicted by Dagash with Hish's mystical light. 
Though his spellcraft is undiminished, Teclas suffers greatly in the aftermath of battle, his godly strength waning. He now seeks any means of restoring himself for fear that he will one day be forced to shed his tarnished elven form entirely and become a being of untrammeled radiant energy. Sheesh. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's cool, though. Mm-hmm. And then you got the box out there where it talks about time runs out and he just mm-hmm. keeps hearing techless and he's trying desperately and like he, he's finding it hard to even meditate and heal up. And Selenar's there and he's like, you need to go, man. People, Your people need you. You got to go. Mm-hmm. But time runs out is still there. I cannot wait to see what happens with this. Yeah. I mean, uh, Teclas's biggest weakness was that he was weak. Like, mm-hmm. I remember he was like physically tough, weak. Yeah. He was like toughness too, wasn't he? Like he I was. I think so. Yeah, yeah. He was really physically weak. Magic bananas. But he was just. A weakling, and that was the whole thing in the story. You know, he mm-hmm. always had to take potions to keep going and stuff. Yeah. Here, now he's a god. He that big, his biggest weakness is gone. Mm-hmm. But now he's like withering because of what Nagash did to him. And I just, I am. I would imagine that they're going to somehow continue that story at think? some point. But I just wonder where and what medium are they going to do that in? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, what would. I don't know. Maybe this, maybe. It's not going to be another Lumen of Realm Lords book. Well, no, what I thought was that maybe this part of the story advances and this is what prompts us to get our Tyrion army. I was hoping that, yeah. That as this story advances and Teclas has problems, someone's got to come in and save him now. Yeah. And so you get his brother's army and that's where this story moves to. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's do Light of Ultherion and this uh, Warden of Yometrica. Yeah, I and love we'll the take light a of Ethereum. It's so awesome. I love the model. I love yeah. the lore. I like everything about this thing. This guy's War Scroll is bonkers. Yeah. Oh my God. This and guy he, is a- Yeah, he went up a whopping 20 points to 240. Yeah. And, okay, now he's got eight wounds instead of seven. Mm-hmm. And his blades used to do damage D3. Now they just mm-hmm. do straight three. Just do flat three, a rend three on the Fang Sword. Four attacks. Twos by threes, three rend, three damage. And two attacks, twos by threes, rend, one, three damage. Yeah. Um, so the fangs the fangs yeah. when he charges, he gets plus one to wound. So he's so, two, four attacks, twos by twos, three rend. Rend, three yeah. damage. Yeah. Oh, and sixes and, to wound do an extra mortal wound on yeah. top of the damage. Yeah. And he's ethereal. Is he? He's, he's unrendable three. Oh, that's right. Um, there ain't nothing in here that say you can't give him a word save. I mean, oh, and let's uh, let's not forget uh, at the start of the combat phase, pick a hero or monster within three. That Selenari blade that has the two attacks, twos by threes, one rend, yeah. three damage. Yeah, uh, you pick a hero or monster, go after them, and that blade does two d three damage instead of three. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance, a chance you get only two damage. Yeah, but the odds are you're gonna get anywhere from you know you got three up to six damage. This guy's crazy. He is. He's got. He has a shooting attack. Yeah. <laughs> wow. and, uh, yeah. Pick an enemy unit. Two to four does D three. Five up does D six. Yeah. 
So he just he hits you with a cannonball on his way into slicing you apart with the fang swords. Like, good God. Yep, and like you said, you've got the ignore motto and half the damage inflicted by attacks made with missile weapons or melee weapons that target this unit rounding up. Yeah. So two does one, three damage does two damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I, I would include him in every single one of my list. For 240 points, why wouldn't you? I mean, <laughs> how do you kill this guy? Oh, ignore know. negative modifiers when making hit rolls. Yeah. So you can ignore. So all that stuff where we try to give, you know, like we talk about pumping it up one or start, try to pump right, it up right. two in case you're fighting against the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the someone that's going to. Yeah. yeah. So he and I, and, always yeah, on, hits on two, period. Yep. And un- unmodified hit rolls of six by him score two hits instead of one. You, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb. I mean, he has the potential to do, I mean, he rolls four attacks, rolls all sixes on his hits. That's two hits. That's eight. He could do what, 24 damage. Okay, no, think about this, though. Plus with then the, the fang sword. The, the fang sword gets four attacks, we just said, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, ignore negative modifiers. So if he rolls four sixes. Yeah, with the fang sword, and then with the fang two sword. sixes for the Selenari blade. Okay, but I'm just talking first just the fang sword, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Four sixes. Remember, sixes do oh, a yeah. mortal on mortal, top of it. <laughs> so that's four mortals plus yeah. 12 damage if they all get through at Ren 3. So yeah. that is 16 damage if you roll four sixes with the well, fang no, four, sword. Well, that, but that, the, each, each hit of six is two hits. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. So the six is so you're rolling for eight yeah. wound rolls. Yeah. So it's potentially 24. Yeah, plus the plus, plus the, the four. Up to 20. Oh, my. It's <laughs> awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, he's so cool. Yeah. He's in every list. <laughs> yeah. He's in, he's in my list. Because I just love the model too. Well, the I model's all, gorgeous, and I always liked Eltharion in the old, yeah, in the world that was, you know. Oh, he was, he was great. I his, yeah, I had oh, his, go, go. Mo- I had his model. Like he's, he was like on the Griffin, you know. Uh huh. Yeah, that guy was awesome. Yeah, this uh, two forty. That is so cheap. Yeah. I mean, really, all, all things being equal. That's great. Yeah. Is there a way to get... Is, is there a, yeah, you can cast Protection of Hish on him, right? Yeah. No reason they can do that. But no, ignore modifiers, positive or negative. Well, that's just for his armor. I'm saying you could cast Protection of Hish on him and give him a ward save. Oh, well, yeah. Right? A wizard could cast Protection of Hish on him. What does Protection of Hish do again? It gives you, what, a six-up ward? Uh... That's what I don't remember. It's like, where is that? Here we go. Da-da-da-da. Protection of Hish. Uh, five up. A five up ward. Oh, mm. well, that's really good. Yeah. And you can't do it in the same hero phase. This spell cannot be even cast in the same hero phase as Protection of Teclas. Right. That's that's Teclas's version of Protection of Hish. I think it has a longer range. Uh, 18 inch. Yeah. And so, yeah, and protection only has nine inches. So, mm-hmm. wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, the dude is a, the dude is a tank. 
but he's also a nuclear missile that you unleash on whoever you just want to destroy. This thing is dumb. Yeah, I'm just crazy. looking at it going, wow, dumb. Ice cool. Just dumb. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, um, you know, Lirier Uthral. Yeah, let's do him and then break because I'm, yeah. exa- I'm, I'm starting to, I'm starting to need a break. Fading. Yeah. So this guy's a wizard. Um, he's actually the same as before, and yeah. he's dropped twenty points. Six yeah. wounds, three up save, lots of attacks. Mm-hmm. Cast and unbind one. Um, he's on it, the wind charger. Yeah. He's got uh, D three damage with his uh, with his demons bane, but that's three if you're playing against chaos or demons. Yeah. Um, I do like. He's got. Minus one to hit him. Yeah. And plus one to the casting rolls if he's casting greater power of Hish. Mm-hmm. And if it uses its last Ether Quartz reserve, because it could have up to two, I guess, it can't use this ability for the rest of the battle. So it can't. Oh, that's interesting. So the ability for the subtracting hit rolls for attacks against him, if you use up your Ether Quartz, yeah. he loses it because it's actually in the Ether Quartz that's stopping people from hurting him. That's cool. Right. He's like shining bright white. It's hard to see him. That's the idea. Yeah. Once then, per battle round, this unit can issue a command to a friendly Yometrican unit yeah, anywhere on the battlefield without spending a command point. That's super good. So good. And then uh, his spell, that greater power of Hish, it's mm-hmm. on a 7, 18, D3 friendly units with sun metal weapons. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so he's casting the power of Hish on three units. Yep. So they get their sun metal weapons on fives instead of sixes. Yeah, but he's casting it on three units. Mm -hmm. And he's got that ability. You can give it to him. Yeah. He can be one of them. Oh, that's really just good. (sighs) All right, seriously, we got to break. We've got got to break. So we'll we'll be right back, folks. Yep. There's always something happening at Grognards. That's right, friends. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois. The premier stop for your gaming needs in Northeast Illinois. If you're in the Chicagoland area, if you're in Southeast Wisconsin, if you're anywhere in the area, Grognards is the place for you. They've got board games. They've got card games. They've got all the models you could ever want for any of your miniature war games. They have so many lines of paints, I can't even keep track of it. They've expanded the store. They have a whole huge gaming area now. There is gaming every night. There is always something going on. I just can't tell you enough about Grognards. Why? Because they're awesome. Because they're fantastic. And because they are the best friendly local gaming store that I know of. So do yourself a favor. Come on down to Grognards in Roselle, Illinois. If you can't get down to Grognards, give them a call. They do mail order. They do shipping. You can get your stuff from them whether you live five minutes away or five hours away because Grognards delivers. They deliver the goods. They deliver the fun. They deliver everything. And that's because there is always something happening at Grognards. 
And we are back. Hey, Hello. Yo. What's up? All right. So we are back. We're back. We are energized. We are ready to talk Ooh. about more of these units. Now, let's, you know what? Let's do it this way. Uh, just because uh, we talked, and the, the, you know what? I, I'm going to hand it to this book. They actually, outside of the couple of characters we just talked about, who are yep. named characters, yeah, they've grouped them, Venari heroes, and then Venari character regular units, and then Sonari yeah heroes and care, and then Alarith. So like we can kind of go, and then you know we can keep this to the stuff. I know we went through like I, I'm still new at this new format, and we kind of went through all the different specialties. Mm-hmm. Before and didn't clump them with their characters, but so we're gonna at least keep the characters grouped. So this is all the Venari stuff. Yeah, and just in case you forgot what we were talking about, uh, basically, um, you know, there's no specialty Venari rules, although they do have the special artifacts. And remember, the special artifacts for the characters are extra ether quartz or run and charge or once per battle, you can pop yourself 12 inches uh, right. within three of another. Mm-hmm. And we did cover the Venari spells, um, but we're yeah. not going to go over them again. But this is this is those guys. These are also... It's worth noting, I think, too, that I kind of noticed this while I was making lists, is that only like the Venari units mm-hmm. are wizards. And like the... the um, Yes, like the, the Alarith units are not wizards. Well, neither the neither are the Hurricane units. Well, to be to be fair, to be fair, mm-hmm. um, there's only four Alarith units. Yeah, I but mean, if you're ma- two but of if, them. Two of them are right. cows. Uh, one's a mage right. and one's a unit. Right. So right, but if you're making a an army like I was today, mm-hmm. you know, focused on Alarith, like that's the, the the list I made only had. Two wizards in it. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and we talked about that. I talked about that with mm-hmm. Harrison too. But if you look at Alarith, they only have three spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you literally only need two to three wizards because they yeah. only have three specialty right. spells. And I think we discussed yeah. that, like, uh, which, like, some of them were good and some mm-hmm. of them not as much. Um, right. And then I thought I kind of noticed if you want to, but like the Venari, if you want to unlock like the the lore of Hish, you have to lock, you have to put in, you know, another a scenario of Venari, a, a yeah. scenario of Venari character, yes, or Teclas, because he knows so everything. I, so we 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 talked we talked about Lirior already. He is yes. that guy. I was looking more into him today. He is like a like a Swiss Army knife type guy. Yes, he, he's a wizard. He's really fast because he's on one of the uh, tree runners. Sixteen inch movement. Yeah, and he's he's pretty tanky. He's got that three up save, and he can he can cast spell on himself. He can give himself a ward save, and if you, if you give him that spell. Yes, and let's not forget, mm-hmm. he does have sun metal weapon. Yeah. So his sword is a sun metal weapon. Now, yeah. unlike the rest of the guys whose sun metal weapons do a mortal wound because it's a one damage mm-hmm. weapon mm-hmm. his sword is a two damage weapon yeah so sixes do two mortals right and he can still five up that nonsense yeah yeah he's not bad no he's cool 
Yeah, I think. I, I mean, I was thinking at this model, and he's dropped twenty points. He's down. Right. He's, he's a buck ninety. Yeah, he's. I, I put him in the list I was building just because. Man, he he can like he can take care of like a side of like a battlefield kind of on his own almost. My he's pretty, biggest problem with this book is mm-hmm. I want to include everything. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if, when I when I put together the list that I want to put, it's like a six thousand point list. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Do you ever do that? Do you ever start writing lists and you're yeah. like, just, you, you, once you start putting, you're like, way I'm way over. I remember when I first started playing Warhammer mm-hmm. and I sat there with the dwarf book and I started writing out all the, like not looking at points, just putting together the army I wanted to put together. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh dear Lord, <laughs> like, this is a 6,000 <laughs> point army. We yeah. have to play all day, mm-hmm. which I think is a fantastic idea. One of well, these yeah. days we're going to do something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I but- wonder, I wonder if, this Lirior, I was just thinking aloud to myself today. If this was supposed to be the Tyrion model, oh. he, is, he is he is way cool. He is way cool. I don't know. That's interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Well, and here's the thing: uh, the regular Lord Regent, the not named character, is still yeah. good too. Oh yeah. Uh, Lirior's one ninety. This guy's a buck seventy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's got the same wounds. His bravery is only eight. He only moves fourteen, but he's also a wizard. He's also he's also got that pure ether quartz. Uh oh. So you know he's that pure ether quartz is really good. Yeah, minus one to hit for attacks that target him. Plus one to casting when he's casting greater power of hish. Yeah, which he can pick the D three units as well for the greater mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. So like he's basically got all the cool stuff that yeah. the special character is just not the not not the demon blade. Yeah, but for twenty or, points, or I mean, blade. you get the voice of Tyrion. Oh yeah, and and the demon bane, which is pretty sweet. Oh yeah, no, he's he is. I mean, for the for the for the few points extra. The yeah. character is a hundred percent worth it. Yeah, and the mounts got an extra attack. So these, they're, I think I called it a tree runner. These mounts are actually the light courser. Oh, okay, right. They're, they're right, the light yeah. coursers. Yeah. yeah, they write the light coursers. The uh, the wind charger dudes mm-hmm. ride the the tree runners. Right. But so these are both really great. Yeah. Uh, heroes, and they're fast. They're fast. I mean, you could run a whole army of just. I, I I I played against that at that one tournament, and it wasn't fun. That's the only problem. Yeah, I mean, well, it took it took a long time for the guy to do it to play with to play it because he wasn't used to it. It's like the first time he'd ever played it on oh, a tabletop. Because okay. I was gonna say, it doesn't seem like it should take too long. You'd only have yeah. three different units, and there's not yeah. that many because they're cav. They cost it, more. Yeah, they were just they were everywhere. They were so fast. Here's the. I think that's an issue. With this book is mm-hmm. it is very easy in this book to make a list that is no fun to play against. Mm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, it, I it mean, is. It's and it's it's. You could play a keep away list. You know, is kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or you. Mm-hmm. I mean, there. When I first when this first came out, we bought the whole army for Harrison. He sold his other stuff. He bought a bunch of stuff with his army, uh, with the money he made. I bought him more stuff for Christmas. We had this whole mm-hmm. army. And then I went, uh, it was one of my times I took a trip to Minnesota to go play with the guys from the, the Skull Bros. 
And mm-hmm. I brought this, and I just, I literally brought a little, I brought everything. I yeah. brought a little of everything except Techless mm-hmm. to see how it played. Mm-hmm. And this is when they only had 14 units. So once you right. took out Techless and the named characters and you yeah. only had one cow, it was only like nine units. Mm-hmm. Nobody, like, I played three games and yeah. literally nobody had fun playing against it <laughs> it was just it was a frustrating list yeah, and, yeah. I, and i didn't even take filth right you just took like the archers and the yeah. i had two units of spears i had two units of archers i had a cow i had a unit of hammers i had a couple mm-hmm. of i had two cathalars like i just took a little of everything yeah but they can they, elves are good elves are good mm-hmm. at everything and yeah. it really can make for it can make for an, a negative play experience for your opponent. Uh, and I think the person who got it the worst was when I played against uh, Fenske. Yeah. Because he had the trolls. And mm-hmm. I was able to drop those spells where it's like, you don't move. Yeah. If, if I roll right. 2d6 over your bravery, yeah. and yeah. the whole army's bravery like five. Yeah. So it's was like, okay, I just pick his big important thing, whatever he wants mm-hmm. to do, and he never got to use it the whole yeah. game. Yeah, and they still we, have that yeah. spell. They yeah, do, they yeah. And then when, and then it was like, oh, and now what else am I going to do? And, and this, I mean, it was filth at that time because that endless spell was just broken. Mm-hmm. And I the dropped twin that. stones. Yeah, yeah. And then I was, I mean, it was it. I felt bad. In fact, I think they, that, they, I think they did a good job reining all that back in. Yes, they did. They 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 cut out the worst of it. But this is still, I still, me personally, mm-hmm. I look at this list and said. If I wanted to take something that was pretty rough, like compared to what the other armies I have, if mm-hmm. I wanted to take something that was super competitive, like go to a tournament and just punch people in the face, mm-hmm. I would use Harrison's army because yeah. I still think you can make a ridiculous army out of this. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, I've played against them a few times, and I think you just got to get used to playing against them and try to... Yeah, you they're have not to play. unbeatable. That's no, not what I'm saying, no. but they're yeah. just... It, it, it's one of those things where if you if you really hone this list, mm-hmm. it can be yeah. really brutal, and yeah, it, and it it, it it can turn into that rock paper scissors where if your opponent yeah. doesn't know how to play it or don't mm-hmm. doesn't have a counter for it, mm-hmm. they're just gonna get beat, mm-hmm. and it becomes unfun. But that's like I said, that's just me. I don't know. Sure. Uh, okay, the banner blade. Yeah, banner blade's pretty much almost the same. He went yep. down ten points. He's a hundred points. I. That's a good deal for a hundred points. Yeah, I mean five wounds, th- still a three up save. Mm-hmm. Basically, the one thing that happened was the world banner has the uh, reroll charge rolls mm-hmm. for everyone within eighteen inches. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be plus one bravery. The plus okay. one bravery is gone. Mm. So I dropped ten points. It's got a sun metal. He's got a sun metal weapon. Yeah. Um, once per battle. You can yeah. unleash the this. power of the yeah the world banner. So yeah. you you roll a die for every enemy unit within eighteen inches, and if the roll is equal to or less than the battle round, they take D three mortals and minus mm-hmm. one to hit until the end of the phase that you do it in. Yeah, that's cool. So if you want to get it against their shooting, you I mean you, the cool thing is you can do it in in basically any phase. Mm-hmm. But um, that reroll charge rolls it is great. Well, you, yeah. you were talking before about how they this this army still has a lot of rerolls. They sure do. Yeah, and this world banner that might be worth it the hundred points because he's he's mm-hmm. not super tanky. 
right. as far as hitting things is. But he can sit behind your lines and yeah. re-rolling charge rolls for mm-hmm. everything within 18 inches. Yeah, it's cool. Is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. And I mean, for a hundred points, I feel that's that's not bad. Now, yeah, you know? it is an elite army though, so that might you right. may not have that hundred points to spend. But if True. you do, you could do yeah. a lot worse than because, the guy. He, he's, I think he's the cheapest thing in the book. <laughs> he might be. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. he is. Yeah, other than the endless spells, a hundred points is the yeah, cheapest thing points. in the book. Yeah. so dumb. Uh, yeah, I'm scanning it right now. Yes, it is. It is yeah. the cheapest model in the. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the. Mm-hmm. And honestly, their endless spells are cheap. Yeah, they are. For what they do, they're pretty good. Forty pretty for cheap. one and fifty for the other two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish he was a wizard. That would make him <laughs> amazing, but he'd be more than a hundred points. We just talked about how this army gets to be big. Mm. <laughs> gets to be. Uh, all right, so let's talk now. Um, the the basic units are still pretty much the same. Uh, yeah. The the bowmen did take a hit. They did. The sentinels. The basically uh, that that lofted shot went from thirty inches to twenty four mm-hmm. inches. Right. You still can pick between the two. Right. You still need five models to be a wizard. They still have sun metal weapons. I think they dropped their to hit roll too, didn't they? On the lofted. Like I, oh, I, used to I be, don't know. Hold on. Um, it's four up now. I think. I don't remember. It's okay. I'm, I got the other book in front of me. Let me just check. Hmm. Look at me. Almost ready. It, look at this. It's like I'm, I'm good at this. Hold on. Here we go. The Sentinels. Nope. The uh, fours and fours. Yep. In fact, all the, yeah. In fact, yeah, I, yeah. It's all the same. I literally okay. went through and compared each of these, and I have a nice little note sheet here saying mm, where the differences gotcha. are because gotcha. I, I wanted to be prepared. Literally, yeah, that's the only change. And they went up ten points. Mm. They went up ten points, and you can't shoot them from thirty inches away, only six inches away. However, yeah, if there's two units, you can. They add six inches to the range of the lofted. Yes, so it can go up to. 30. 30. Mm-hmm. If they're near a Sentinels or a Ballista. Yeah. I don't think they had that uh, rule. With the Ballista? Before. Um, mm. Let me see. A Scryhawk Lantern? Yeah, the Scryhawk Lantern was just uh, at the start of shooting phase, pick an enemy unit within 30 of the high Sentinel that's not visible to them. Then you can choose lofted and shoot them anyway. Mm. So that's what they lost. That's okay. what they lost. And that's a big yeah. difference. Is yeah. So now you actually have to be able to see the thing you're yes. shooting. You cannot shoot stuff you can't see anymore. That's good. Which is which is good. Yeah. Because I was picking up you'd hide your your characters behind a hill or behind a, mm-hmm. a, a building and be like, okay, first round I don't want nah, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna shoot you anyway. Nope, not anymore. <laughs> Does Shining Company stay the same, or is that different now, too? Subtract hit rolls for one from hit rolls for attacks at target if the base of each model. So I think that's the same. Let me check. Because Shining Company is one of those things that was in the battle traits and then moved to... The units. The units. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought you could I thought you could be in Shining Company, but then if you did something, you broke Shining Company. And they you couldn't, all, you okay, couldn't they, be in it anymore. They all have to be touching two other models. So you got to be base-to-base with two other models 
You that's can't just be in a string. As that's what it is now. Yeah. That's what it is now. That's what it was before. Oh, okay. They have to be touching the bases of two or more models from the same unit. It becomes shiny company. Okay. If, now, here's the thing. If you moved out of that formation, you're no yeah. longer shining company. If you moved yeah. back into that formation, the FAQ said you're still not. Once you lose oh. it, it's lost. So I think you can get it back now. This one now says shining company just says subtract one for hit rolls for attacks to target the unit if the base of each model is touching the bases of two or more other models in the same unit. So yeah. it doesn't say anything. that. So that, I think, you, yeah, you can get it back. You can get it back. Um. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. This has actually gotten a little better. Uh, it was minus one to hit for mm-hmm. attacks that target Shining Company, which it still mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. But before, uh, also, they could not run or charge, and they can only pile in one inch. Hmm. So they could only march, for, like staying in that formation. Picture the elves in the beginning of the very the the Fellowship of the Ring, where they're all yeah. in that thing. Mm-hmm. They can only march forward. They can't run forward. Yeah. And they can't charge. Well, that was the old rule. Yeah. Right? Now they can. Now Shiny yeah. Company is just as long as you're base to base, it's minus mm-hmm. one to hit. Yeah. Simpl- they simplified that rule. Yeah. But that was that was the thing. You you're not yeah. running or charging. You are the shining co- you are standing the bulwark. You are gonna stand there and take the attack. And that was yeah. the old it's simplified now. Mm-hmm. So it's good. It's gone up ten points. Um but it's uh, you can you can be in a shining company and you can still run and charge now. So actually, part of it's gotten better. I didn't even think yeah. about that. Yeah. Um. The the your your pikes your ward not pikes but your wardens your spearmen. Yeah. Um. The moonfire flask is gone. Mm, yeah, I don't see that. And for anyone who's wondering what that meant, what did they lose with that? Let me get to their page. Ba 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 ba. Not the Dawn Lords. Okay. Um, once per battle at the start of the combat phase. Oh, pick an enemy. Oh, that was you could on a two up. You could do D three mortals to a unit next to you. They okay. no longer can do that. That's honestly not a big loss. Mm-hmm. Um. They did go up to 150 points from 120. Okay. So they did get a bunch more expensive. But then again, the Shining Company, they can yeah. now, you're minus one to hit them. Yeah. And they can run and charge. That's cool. So if you keep them together, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, Wall of Blades also. Um, if they charge, you get plus one to wound and, min- and an extra rend. If the target wow. unit Oof. made a charge move. Oh, the target unit. So if you charge me, I'm plus one to wound you. Mm-hmm. And rend goes up to one. Because the pikes. Uh, they are pikes. I thought they were pikes. So, is that, so, if, they, so if this unit they, gets charged. Yes. Yeah. And that was the old thing was you couldn't run or charge, but I'll stand there and block you and I'll take an objective. Mm-hmm. And when you charge me, on the turn you charge, I am plus one to wound, so I'm wounding on threes. Mm-hmm. And rend one because yeah, you're basically ra- running into a wall of spears. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's actually still really good. Yeah, but a buck fifty. Like I said, this army in general, like some of the characters went down a little bit, but mm-hmm. a lot of the models, Lord Regent went up, Sentinels went up by ten. Like I said, Venari Wardens, the 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 spear guys went from one twenty to one fifty. Yeah, that's that's a, a that's, that's a, a lot. Sec- 
that's a significant difference. That's a 30-point change yeah. in a unit that only costs 120. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if I took two units and I reinforced them each, so I took mm. two mm. units at 20, mm-hmm. that literally went up by the cost of another 10 models. Yeah. Like, I mm. couldn't take two, two 20s and a 10 are now just two 20s. Yeah. That's, wow. that's a big difference. It is. This army has become even more elite. Yeah, more elite. Uh, let's see the Dawn Riders. Do I not have any info? Did I skip? Oh, I think I the skipped Dawn the Riders. Info on the Dawn Riders. I so, didn't write them down. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't, I don't feel like they've changed that much. I don't know. Kind of. Just... I I'm not certain. Um, they're still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, like everything in this is pretty good. Let's take a quick look. Um, they're a wizard if there's three or more unit models. Uh, Are they a unit of five or three? They start off with a unit of five. Okay. But you only need three to still okay, be a wizard. to be a wizard. Okay. Uh, let's see. Deathly Furrows. Yeah, that's kind of neat. So it's a, if you're targeting a unit that has one or two wounds, you can either add one to the attacks... Um, or if it only has one wound, you can add two to your attacks if you're char- if, in the start of your combat phase, which is kind of an interesting way to simulate cavalry, I think. Yes, it's interesting. So, so yeah, like you said, plus yeah. one attack um, at, the st- at the start of the combat phase. You don't have to charge. At the start of the combat phase, plus one attack, um, but only can target... If you have only one or two wounds and no mount. So it's one or two wound units. Um, You can add two attacks, but they can only have a wound characteristic of one and no mount. The the, the weird thing is one or two. It's like, okay. It's it's oddly worded, but they kind of had to do it like that. Yeah. So basically. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the. you get plus two attacks if they only have one wound because you're coming in on a horse. Yeah. If they have two wounds, you only get the extra attack. But that's pretty, that's still decent. Yeah. Do we need to talk about the word furrow, you think? I don't know. I mean, that's kind of an unusual word. To Did you look it up? The, I, I, I wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, a, I mean, a furrow is like what you cut in the ground with like a plow, right? To like plant oh, right. stuff, right? Okay. So I think they're trying to say like this unit, like, like cuts through like troops. Oh yeah, you know. Oh, interesting. Like, right. I mean, it's kind of, it's just an interesting term that I don't know if it's just why they picked that. I, mean, I don't know if that's always been their rule. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it was in the old book, but that's an interesting thing. Now here's yeah. where it get. Here's where these guys get really good. Mm-hmm. If they charge, plus one to wound, plus one mm-hmm. rend. Yeah. Okay. So they're threes by fours. For their sun metal lances anyway. And they're shining company, so minus one to hit when they're touching. Mm-hmm. Sixes do mortals. You can make it five because they're a wizard who can use the power of Hish, right? Yeah. yeah. I charge a unit of one wound foot soldiers. Yeah. Okay. I'm going from one attack to three attacks. Yeah. Threes by threes, and the rend goes up to one right. on the charge. These guys, if you charge into the right unit, can smash stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of have to like pick your pick your targets with these guys. Mm-hmm. But they're pretty much only good at that. You know what I mean? They're kind of like they're good at charging stuff. Yeah, 
They're, but, I mean, but with a 14-inch move, you can really yeah. move them around and, yeah. and 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 set up and pick that proper attack. But small right. units, you know, you got, yeah, you got to are still, they're, but they're still in trouble because now the cavalry is like on them, and they still, you know, they could stay because they even though they don't charge, they still get the extra attacks. Ten one wound models mm-hmm. can be in a lot of trouble. Oh yeah, your basic grunts. Yeah, you know, three attacks. Threes like by threes, it. one rend is is yeah. not bad against, and it makes sense. I'm doing really good against people on foot as I'm riding yeah. in super fast on my horse. I feel like they did a really good job simulating the effect of cavalry, like you know, soldiers mounted on mm-hmm. horses. They did a really good job simulating that with these rules. I think it's fantastic. Yep. Um. Okay, so the ballista. Got mm-hmm. a little. The ballista got thirty points more expensive. They have an extra attack. They've got plus one to hit on this one, so they've gotten better. Yeah. Uh, damage against monsters is just three instead of yeah. D three, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, it's got a six up ward if it didn't move, which it's a ballista. It's probably not going to move. Right. Um. Yeah, I think this thing's cool. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Yeah. Add six inches to the range of the thirty-inch range if it's mm-hmm. within twelve inches of another ballista yeah. or archers. Yeah. So <laughs> the okay. So wait, the archers go from twenty-four to thirty-inch range. This thing goes to a three-foot range. Yeah, it's pretty much the board, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I, I, I had thirty, I, but I, had, it, I mean, it could work. Yeah. I had one of these in my list. I put one in. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty cool. Now the Blade Lords, the last mm-hmm. of the Venari here. Once yeah. again, Shining Company. Once again, Sun Metal weapons, but they're very different. Yeah, okay? they're not wizards. Um, you're right. They are not wizards, so they they can't. But you don't need to cast the the spell on them because you got those characters who can drop it on D three guys. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Like it's already there now. This is basically just a com- almost a completely different um, a war scroll. It's different. Yeah, they now. I love, I love, I love how their first rule is sword masters. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love. <laughs> well, so right? They weren't sun metal weapons before. Now they are. Yeah, they you know used what I'm to saying? Have, yeah, blade lords. Yeah, and the sword masters. The sword, sword masters from yep. the old from the world that was. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to have their banner allowed them to ignore spells on a four up. That is not part of them anymore. Mm. But you can pick perfect strike or flurry of blows. Okay. If you pick perfect strike, roll a die, and on a two up, the target takes a mortal wound. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Like you got five guys, you roll five dice, five mortals on a uh, on two ups. You know. Hmm. Um. Yeah. That just means that they're fighting like a five wound. Yeah. Like hero, just dead. Yeah, <laughs> they just kill him. Now, flurry of blows is different. Um, if you have now, they now flurry of blows. Just so you know, and these guys have a two inch range with their with their swords. They're mm-hmm. that good. Uh, they got two attacks apiece. Threes by threes, no rend, one damage. If there's five to nine models in the unit you're attacking, it's three attacks. If yeah. there's ten or more models, it's four attacks. So if you only got to do a few damage, go for that perfect strike and just do mortals. You know? Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah. so they get plus one if it's 
Yeah, plus one attack. From five, five to, to nine. nine. And over and then, 10 or more is plus uh, two attacks. So they're up to yeah, four two attacks, attacks yeah. apiece. Yeah, yeah. So your little unit of five is getting 20 attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, threes, threes. No red, but you know, one damage. I mean, that's good. Yeah. Now, if they're near some scenarios, like maybe a Cathalar and an Enlightener or some of these guys that can help boost them. Right. All right. Um, if you're gonna these guys, if you're gonna put a wound on a scenario, you can if these guys are within three inches on a two up, you can put it on these guys. Now you can't negate it. Basically they're ablative armor for your cathalars and your enlighteners right. and stuff. Yep, yep. You know? And they're shining company too, so you're minus one to hit them as long as they're two in base and they're units of five. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. And they're on 30 and they're on they're on 32s. I believe so, yes. Yeah, whereas the I think the the archers and the wardens are on 25s, I believe. Uh, I don't recall. I think they are. Uh, it's possible. I like I said I don't recall. Yeah. But so blade lords are pretty cool for what they can do. It's okay. You put them near a character and yeah. you protect them and you're not going to have another and once again I like that perfect strike because this is an army that can do lots of little d3 mortals and suddenly you can get these guys up near a character and they're dangerous yeah and you get that case, and they're battle line if so but they're an unusual one for every scenario hero you take you can take one blade lord unit as a battle line unit that's pretty cool i didn't realize that when i was i wasn't paying attention to that so you could just for every cathalar you could just be like oh I give a Cathalar, I put a Blade Lord unit next to him. That's battle line. Yep. That's nice. Yeah. It's a cool way to theme your army around mm-hmm. Blade, you know, Blade Lords, really. You could do a whole, you know, you could make all your battle line be these guys, which would be awesome. Yes, it would be. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's take a look. Now, the Cathalars dropped in points. Yeah. So now we're out of the Venari. We're into the Sinari now. Yes. Now, the Sinari, let's go back real quick and check... Now, once again, some of their rules from the old book just transferred over to their War Scrolls again. Um, yeah. These guys, you can the for the command traits, you can either, if you have a Sonari General, which I'm not certain why you would, but if you do, you can use you can give them a boost and do the Ether Quartz mm-hmm. without using your Ether Quartz. You can give them, they can know two extra spells, although, you know, they still only cast the one. Mm-hmm. Um, the best one is Fast Learner. Uh, attempt to unbind an extra spell in the hero phase. And once again, that second unbind can reroll. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. great. Yeah. And these are the guys who know all the spells. Like I said, with the Venari Wizards. Mm-hmm. They know the speed of Hish, which doubles your move characteristic, which is still amazing. Yeah. You can speed of Hish your Cav. Yeah, your tree runners. To 28 your, your, inches. Your, your wind chargers. Right. Just, yeah, I think it's nuts. Yeah. And they can make them fly. Yeah, protection of Hish, you can uh, you can give a, a bubble five-up ward. I mean, they can do a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, what the Cathalar's amazing thing is, is first of all, all of these scenarios have deep thinkers. All of the scenario wizards. Yeah. And basically, um, once per battle... When you attempt to cast its first spell, and they all have, most of them have only one spell, but those who have two, the first spell you can just, it's automatically cast with a nine. Mm-hmm. 
You can't modify it. You don't roll. It's just the first spell you cast goes off on a nine. Yeah, because some of those spells are pretty high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just it auto goes off on a nine. Even if you pick a spell that's cheaper, it goes off on a nine, which means mm. your opponent's got to roll a 10 to yeah. stop that first spell, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, they Now, they can still absorb despair. We talked about that. Yeah. So when you if they're within eighteen inches of someone who uses their ether quartz, now you can only the Cathlar can only do it once per phase, but you can only use ether quartz once per phase unless you have special rules, and then you yeah. just have to have two Cathalars. <laughs> right. You know. But if they're within eighteen inches, instead of them losing the one bravery, they can take it away. And if there's an enemy within eighteen, they can make them lose the bravery instead. Mm-hmm. I'm just assuming that because this is the model that carries around that little brazier. Yeah. They're burning off that ether quartz and sending all that smoke and, and, and bad bad juju at yeah. the enemy. Yeah. Um, they do have their own spell, Darkness of the Soul, and I think that's the same still. Uh, 18 inches, pick an enemy unit until your next hero phase. Oh, and this is the thing. Roll 2d6 every time they make a normal yeah. move, run, retreat, charge, shoot, or fight. Like, Shooting or fighting. Wow. Okay. So if they're if the roll two d six before the action is carried out, if it's greater than their bravery, they can't do it. Mm-hmm. So you're in combat. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, no. You're not fighting. Mm-hmm. All right. Ugh. That's <laughs> that's brutal. Bananas. Mm-hmm. If you're rolling hot with those two d six. Look out. And here's the thing. Okay, you cast it on a seven. Pick an enemy unit until your next hero phase. Every time they try to do one of these things, you it's not just once. Yeah. We're going to move. No, you're not. Each t- We're yeah. going to retreat. No, you're not. We're going to charge. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. We're going to shoot. Gonna, no, you're not. Nope. We're going to fight. No. <laughs> roll. You have roll every time. Roll, every roll, time. Roll, roll, roll. This is the most frustrating unit in the army. If I'm mm. playing against this, these are the guys I'm trying to kill first the cathalars yeah interesting because okay they can reduce my bravery and if they reduce mm-hmm. my bravery by one and you can only reduce it by bravery to a unit once yeah so you can't that, do it more than once to any unit yeah but then that helps you with darkness of the soul exactly yeah and here's the thing they've actually gone down in points because <laughs> they lost their most stupid thing which was emotional transference, which was, if you recall, and for those of you who don't know this, this is this was the thing that I was, this was broken. Mm-hmm. Okay, at the start of the Battleshock phase, pick a Realm Lord unit within 18 inches and roll a die. On a two-up, they don't take a Battleshock test. But that's not all, folks. In addition, if any models from that unit were slain, pick an enemy within 18 inches of this model. And they, uh, they have, it has to be an enemy that has to take a Battleshock test. Mm-hmm. So, okay, my guys were supposed to take a Battleshock test because they lost five models. Not only don't I take it, but I pick one of your units that has to take it, and you add those five models to your, those Oof. deaths to your role. Yeah. So you've got a unit that lost one, and your bravery seven, and you're like, I only lost one, I'm fine. No, there's five more now. Mm-hmm. It's... That was so dumb, <laughs> and it's gone, and it should be gone. That was yeah. awful. I had two Cathalars in every army I wrote wow. just 
for that. <laughs> oh, you, you beat up my unit? Okay. You take the Battleshock test. Your yeah. guys die from the emotional transference. It's such <laughs> a cool thing, and yeah. I'm so glad it's gone because it's <laughs> dumb. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Uh, the Enlightener's so a new model. That's a new one. That was in the um, one of the new uh, battle boxes that came out. Yeah. Um, five wounds. Only a five-up save for the Cathalar and this model. These are the mm-hmm. wizards. They got the wizard save. Yeah. But um, this is cast and unbind two. Yeah. They are also deep thinkers. So that first spell goes off on a nine once per... It's only once per battle, but it's still good. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on what you're trying to do, you know. Um, oh, yeah. If you're, if you're using it cleverly, it works. Right. Um, this is the only one besides Teclas that's a 2-2, a two, two, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think believe. you're right. Yeah. Now, once per turn, if they successfully cast a spell from the lore of Hish, and it's not unbound, roll a die after you, you know, do the spell. On a three-up... You can immediately resolve it again, but you can't pick the same target. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to that lore of Hish, shall yeah. we? Because mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is, oh, God, these guys. I love it. And, and by the way, 170 points. Expensive. Once per turn. Uh-huh. I cast my first spell. Yeah. Or my second spell, whichever. Oh, um, I just doubled your movement. On two units. Or um, the solar flare, right? Pick a spot. That was the one where you draw the line. Yeah. uh, Roll a dice equal to the number of models in the unit it crossed over. Right. And sixes do mortals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Protection of Hish. Five up ward. Mm -hmm. Protection. Five up ward. Oh, I got it on him? I'm going to get it on that guy too. Yep. And then like. Ethereal blessing, make two yeah. units. Make two ethereal, units yeah. ethereal. Total yeah, eclipse. <sighs> oh, that mm-hmm. opponent. That that's the only one that it doesn't work on because it just affects your whole. It affects your yeah. whole enemy. Oh, yeah. you go. Yeah. Um. Oh, pick an enemy, half their move characteristic, and then roll a dice, and they might take D three mortals. I can do that to two units. This is a cool. This guy is. Oh, uh, very, it's a very great cool, wizard. Yeah, it's expensive though. That's a that's a lot. A buck seventy ain't cheap, right? But still, and then he's got his own spell. Goes off on a six, twelve inches. Pick an enemy unit within range until your next hero phase. Each mm. time a wound or mortal wound is allocated to the caster, your opponent must allocate a wound to that enemy unit. Mm-hmm. So if I get that one off. I can pick two of your units, and any time you do a wound to this guy, those oh, units yeah. each take a wound as well. Yeah. Yeah. This is... <laughs> we have, like, a bomb. Just go, You could just, like, throw it in there somewhere. And just, yeah. Just bomb somebody. <laughs> I got to kill that guy. All right, I got to just go in there and just do five mortal wounds after you kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the Caligrave... The guy who throws down the giant runes on the planet. Yeah. This guy, okay, he's 115 points, and mm-hmm. his rules are bananas. He's also a deep thinker because he's a Sonari, yeah. right? Um, he went from D3 damage with his weapon to just straight two, okay. which I think is, I, I'll take that. 
Yeah. I'd rather sure. just guarantee a two than have rolling out ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um his spell erasure it went up to eight from seven, but he's still great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um his mark somebody yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh twenty four inch range, pick an enemy hero, either cause D three mortals or mark them. Mm-hmm. If you mark them, they're marked. If you cast this spell and hit them with it again, mm-hmm. so the next turn, it's two D six mortals. And the yeah. erase and the mark is gone. Mm-hmm. This goes to that whole dropping those giant glyphs that destroy towns. Right. I'm gonna mark you with a glyph, and then if I hit you again, this reminds you of that that one captain from Bleach. <laughs> Harrison, what's the captain's name who marks people? The really dumb one. Who's the dumb captain from Bleach? The one who is the dumbest captain. Soyfon. She has a thing where she, if she hits you, it puts a mark uh-huh. on you, and if she hits that mark again, you uh-huh. die. Oh that's wow! It. Yeah, <laughs> like, and wow. it's a permanent mark. So it's a cool. It's a cool. Like that's her special ability okay. in the show. But this is yeah. Uh, so I could just do D three. I feel like they needed this for like, so this army could like fight like gargants and stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, yeah, two D six. Mm-hmm. Two D six. I don't need that against. And here's the thing: I don't even need it against gargants. There are, I mean, I got heroes riding just regular mounts who are 10 wounds. Yeah. I'll mark you now. And now, right. guess what? It's a 24-inch range. You either got to stay the heck away from me, or you got to hold them dice and make sure that you can stop this. And once per battle, guess what? On my second shot at this, <laughs> oh yeah, you're just gonna I'm going to auto-nine it. it. Yeah. These guys are great. For 115 points? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, once per battle, instead of casting spells, and you only can cast one, yeah. instead of ca- attempting to cast spells with this, roll a die. Add the number of the current battle round. On a five-up, pick a point anywhere on the battlefield. For the rest of the battle, any Lumineth Realm Lord unit wholly within nine inches of that point doesn't take battle shock. Right. And plus one to casting, dispelling, and unbinding for Realm Lords within nine inches of that spot. Mm-hmm. Once again, throwing the big glyph on the ground. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, this is why I want a 7,000-point army, because I want two <laughs> of these guys. Right. I want one to be marking people and one to be hitting the ground. Yeah, he's definitely the, the least expensive. I think he's the least expensive wizard. I think he is. One hundred and fifteen. No, one ten. The Cathalars one ten. Oh, that's right. The Cathalars. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's still pretty reasonable for what they do. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And there's still another one because, of course, we've got a thousand wizards, and this is the Lore Seeker. Yeah. And he stayed the exact same cost, and he pretty much stayed the exact same model. Mm-hmm. But he's six wounds with a four-up save, so he's a wizard with six wounds and a four-up save. Yeah, he's supposed to be a little more fighty. He's a deep thinker. Plus one to save for attacks that target the unit if it's more than nine inches from friendly units. So here's here's the loner. It's literally called lone agent. If I'm more than nine inches away from anyone else in my army, mm-hmm. my save goes up to three. Yeah. Wait, a, three, is... a three up save for a wizard? Super good. On foot? Mm-hmm. His staff has a 12-inch missile attack. Two attacks, threes by threes, two rend D3 damage. 
And up close in melee, he's got four attacks, two by three, one ren D3 damage. Mm-hmm. Also, you can put it on the side and set it up off on the, as the, on the reserve. At the end of deployment, before you control objectives and stuff, f- set up your lone, en- lone agents more than three inches from all enemy units and not in your own territory. So and then the last part is re- is really good. Yeah. If so you, if you say, go ahead, yeah, take go it, ahead. take it, take it. So I'm if you set up a friendly lone agent reserve unit within six inches of an objective that is not contested by enemy units, he counts as ten models for the purposes of contesting that objective. Yep. That's cool. This is <laughs> I want a couple hundred and sixty points. You know, between him and the Enlightener, mm-hmm. they're expensive, but damn. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he doesn't have his own special spell. That's the only thing he doesn't have. Mm-hmm. He can cast and unbind one spell, but he's a Sonari. Yeah. And who cares because he's out there. These are like the, what are, what are the, oh, who are the, the, the shadow, what, what do they call them? Well, they had, a, they had a unit in the old book. It's called a, he was kind of, it was basically this character. I mean, I got the book here. What, you mean the, wait, the old High Elf book? Yeah, he's called the Lore Master or something like that. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. I think, yeah, I think that's what he was called. I don't... Re- it, yeah, it might be, yeah. But I just remember in the, the High Elf book, they had... You could take those so it's shadow guys or whatever. They were always kind of the off Shadow Warriors? Own. Shadow yeah. Warriors, yeah. He's kind of got that. Man, he counts as 10 models. Yeah, so how does that... So is it only for when... If you set up a friendly... It's got to be put in reserve. reserve. So you put him in reserve instead of setting him up on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. At the end of deployment, before you figure out who controls objectives, because you take control of them before everything starts, Mm -hmm. you can put him up more than three inches from enemy units and not in your territory. So he's got to be outside of your territory. If he's within six inches of an objective that is not contested by your your opponent, Mm -hmm. first of all, he holds the objective, Mm -hmm. and he counts as ten models. Mm-hmm. If you do try to go and take it from him, because he's mm-hmm. one model, all you got to do yeah. is move. If you had a unit of three guys, you can go and take yeah. so it from him. Does he always count as ten models, or only when he's set up? Uh, it well, it says if you set him up as a lone agent reserve unit within mm-hmm. six inches, that's not contested. It counts as ten models for the purposes of contesting that objective. That object. So only that one that he's next right. to. So basically he sets up there and he's holding it. And if okay. if so it's just that yeah. one. Okay. But he counts as ten. Which which so that that little blur there, that kind of fits in with his lore, right? Because he's obviously he's that objective has some kind of a a magic item or weapon or some kind of you it's know. some significance to the elves because that's sure. yeah. you know yeah it's it's a piece on that that objective that thing mm-hmm. is yeah mm-hmm. it does it totally plays to their lore and it's such yeah. a cool thing because yeah. now I'm holding it and now you have to come over and divert units in your own territory right. to come make sure you take it. or when you set up if I if you know I have a lore seeker you have to place guys at objectives because if it, it you can only do this if it's a not contested. Mm-hmm. So if you set you basically, I'm forcing you to make sure you set up units on every objective in your yeah. territory. Because if you don't, for any reason, I'll go grab it. And then right. he's ten, which means I set him up as ten. Now you're going to come and try to try to take it from me, 
But on my turn, I'm going to run my stupid 15, you know, my 28 movement because I speed a hiftum. <laughs> yeah. And now I got five cav up there, too. So now yeah. I've got 50. He still counts as 10. Right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Especially in some of those uh, scenarios where it's like get your opponent's objective and they're worth extra points or you can mm-hmm. burn their objectives and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Think about that. Yeah, burn somebody's objective. This guy cool. is super useful. Yeah. So if you were using this guy, would you feel like you had to kind of tell your opponent like what he does of before course. the game starts? Cause, of course. Because that could be a real gotcha. You know no, what I mean? I don't play gotcha. In fact, we were just mm-hmm. talking. Uh, we were... <laughs> Uh, Warhammer Club was last night. Okay. And the kids were playing, and the one kid, we were playing Warcry, and the guy was standing up on a, on a, on a, on a platform. Yeah. And the other team moved their model kind of under the platform. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, he's still only an inch away. Like the bottom of my model and the top of his are only an inch away, so I can attack him. He's like, you can see him? He's like, you can't see him. He's under the platform. They're like, no, look. And where, from where they looked, yeah. Like, they could see part of the model. Like, he thought he was under there, and, uh, like, they couldn't see him to hit him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're like, no, no, I can I can just, like, and they could. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, did you mean to go there where you couldn't be seen? Yes. And I'm like, okay, guys, he didn't know that you could get him. He obviously mm-hmm. meant, I'm like, now, and I told him, I'm like, look, if you can see him, that's his fault. He said it wrong. However, that was his intention, and if you knew that, we don't play gotcha. Like, yeah. you know, and that's because yeah. this is a gotcha thing. I would, mm-hmm. I mean, but you should always do that, shouldn't you? If you've got, oh, a, absolutely. If you've got a unit that does something really wonky, you've yeah. got to let them know. Yeah, even at, like, even, even at a tournament, I feel like you should do that because it'd be pretty obscure. I mean, just like not everyone at a tournament is going to know what this guy does. It's like, why did you oh, put no. that guy there? Oh, because he does this. What? Oh, if I had yeah. known that, I would have done this thing. Well, exactly. Too bad. It, yeah. Exactly. And I would be yeah. telling them that right in the beginning. By the mm-hmm. way, this guy's a lore seeker. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna at the end of the yeah at the end of the appointment, I'm putting him in your thing. And if he takes an objective you don't have, not only does mm-hmm. he hold it, but he counts as mm-hmm. ten models. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's because that's yeah. That's so dumb. <laughs> All right, uh, we're getting close to the end here of this yeah. long, long thing. Um, we're into the Alaris now. Yes. Uh, and there's only <laughs> there's only four Alarith yeah. uh, models. So let's talk about the Spirit of the Mountain. Okay. Um, these guys are great. And did they change much? Hold on. Let me look. I don't know. Um, I think they... Hold on. Let me check uh, my notes here. They... Their geoblast range went down, I believe. It went down? Geomantic blast range, yes. Um, hold on. Dang, it's 25 inches. Yes, it used to be 30. Jeez. It used to be 30, but they, there's a lot of differences, right? Before, the wound suffered chart where it would drop stuff mm-hmm. was 0 to 2, 3 to 5, 6 to 7. Like, there was five levels. Now there's okay. only four levels. And, like, mm-hmm. the, you got to take six wounds to drop below that yeah. stuff. So there's a trade off. They did gain two wounds. Okay. They lost their Geo uh, Blast range. The World Hammer is uh, better simply because. Uh, what does it do? Wait. Threes, twos, two ren damage. Yeah, that's five. actually the same. But why do I have here written it's got 
longer. I don't know. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm not even gonna. You know, if there's, I'm not gonna go through all that because the differences yeah. don't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. So the Geomantic Blast, 25 inch range. It's one attack, but threes by twos, two rend, and six damage. Okay. So that's their. That's their. That's their. That's their, that's their missile weapon. Yeah. D six. That's cool. Mm-hmm. World Hammer is four attacks, threes by twos, two rends, and starts at five damage. <laughs> um, then they've got the Stone Hearts. Okay, so if it doesn't charge, plus one attack to its melee weapons, which means that five damage Stone Hammer now has an extra attack if it doesn't yeah. charge. Um, when it's targeted, okay, and this, uh, this, all of these guys, by the way, all of the Alarith are enduring is rock. So mm-hmm. one rend counts as no rend. Right, and if you take, what are they called? Uh, Emetrica. If you take Emetrica, then two rend counts as one rend. Yeah. Um. Let's see. At the start of the shooting phase and the start of the combat, uh, no, the opponent's shooting phase and the combat phase. So both combat phases and the shooting phase. This is where. Oh, this is where the Stoneheart Shockwave got. I think a little better. Um. So pick an enemy unit within range, which starts off about 12 inches, okay? Mm-hmm. Minus one to hit until the end of the phase. So in the opponent's shooting phase, if they're within 12 inches, I can pick them. They're minus one to hit. And the start of all combat phases, if you're within 12 inches, I can pick you and you're minus one to hit. Yeah. Which is just because he's a mountain, and he literally mm-hmm. controls... It's Stoneheart Shockwave. He's literally... Shaking the ground, making it harder to attack him. Right. So it's then now so they used to have a thing where they could like push you back, right? Yes, and that's gone that's for gone, all of them. And you know what? That was really complicated. That was in their mm-hmm. special thing, and it was like mm-hmm. at the end of the move, you backed them up mm-hmm. like three inches, and then you moved inches. up an inch. So yeah, it was like yeah. that. It was that incessant you know, that movement, that tectonic movement, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. That was complicated and annoying. That really was. At the end of the combat, they had to back up, and you move. You kept moving forward on them. Right. You're just moving models all over the place, which is annoying. By the way, you're always going to have a stone mage next to one of these guys if you can. Because yep. if there's a stone mage within 12 inches of this guy, you always count him on the, you know, with, the, with the, top row, the yeah. top row of the wounds suffered table. Yeah, and it's just it's just within twelve, not wholly within. Too. Right, just within twelve for your stone mage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then faith of the mountain comes in. That's a command ability. Start of the combat phase. Pick an Alarith unit plus one to the attack characteristic of that unit's melee weapons until the end of that phase. Until the end of the phase, it can do it up to D three times. Mm-hmm. If it does so, no command points are spent on the second and third one. So you could D3 units for one command point. Mm-hmm. So he can give himself... No, he's not an elf. Oh, he's not an Alarith elf unit. You're right, you're right, you're right. Okay. Oh, well, so he's only got five. So he can't he can't boost the world hammer anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still really good. Yeah, because now he can give like the Alarith stone guard an extra attack. Yeah, with their stone mallets, they go from yeah from two attacks to three attacks. Or yeah. if they have the paired hammers, which have don't have rend, they go from right. four to five. Um, right. Now, if you take the named character, he's got two more wounds. Uh, the rest of his stuff is basically the same. 
Now, he's got something called the Fire Stealer Hammer instead of that World Hammer. Um, mm. It's got six attacks. Yeah. That's the difference, okay? Yeah, you pick up an extra and it two goes, attacks. It goes to seven if he doesn't charge. Yeah. Um, oh, and I think he's got some... Oh, that's right. Uh, his hammer, the Fire Stealer Hammer, yeah. sixes cause one mortal on top of the rest of the damage. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a five damage... A six, but six is uh, add another mortal wound. You know because, mm-hmm. so he's four twenty, uh huh, and then the regular is three eighty. So for 40, 40 points for two more wounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, two more wounds, two more attacks on your five freaking wound two rend hammer. Yeah, and um, that uh, the unshakable faith in the mountains, the plus one attack. Uh-huh. It, it's straight three, not D3. Right, yep. Totally worth the extra 40 points. Yes, yeah, so what's Guardian of Hish do? That's another rule, too. Oh, that's the minus one for hit rolls made by enemy units within range. That's that... Uh, his Guardian of Hish is the same as the Stoneheart Shockwave, basically. Oh, I see, yep. Okay, yeah. They just have different names. Uh, right, 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 right. Oh, here we go. So it is slightly different. That you can pick. Okay, this is why it's different. Stoneheart Shockwave, you pick one unit during the shooting or the combat phase, mm-hmm. and they're minus one to hit. Yeah, Here, right. minus one to hit for attacks made by enemy units within range. It's just it's everybody. Just, yeah, it's just yes. an AOE. World's better. Mm-hmm. The, the, like I said, he's worth the 40 points. Yeah. Instead of one unit, it's everybody near him. Instead of D3 units to add a plus one attack, it's three units. It's all good. Mm-hmm. These and they're the coolest models. I love these models. <laughs> I, I, I've only ever seen one in the wild, like once. Oh yeah, no, I play. I love playing this thing. I love yeah because they're cool. Yeah, I like. I think they're awesome. So what else have we got here? Because we were going through all this, and I know this is taking forever, but God, I love this book. Uh, four up save for our stone mages. Of course they are. Yeah. And okay, five wounds, four up save. They're a wizard. They got the one spell. Which is, they have their regular stuff now. Okay. Um, their Enduring is Rock 2, so they ignore the one rend because they're Alarith. And if you're from there, they can two becomes one. They have D3 attacks. Threes by threes, one rend, two damage. So as far as a mage goes, not a bad bit of attacking, right? That's pretty good. Um, they can take their Stone Mage stance. Start of the combat phase. Do that. This unit and all stone guard units within 12 inches, they cannot pile in, but they're plus one rend. Mm-hmm. So, it, uh, you know what? If I don't need to pile in, okay, yeah, I'm already entrenched in combat. Fine. He takes the stone guard stance at the start of the combat phase, and my guys with their diamond pick hammers are now two rend. Mm-hmm. Two rend. Yeah, that's awesome. And his, not to mention, not to mention all the other buffs they can get. Right, mm-hmm. the cow's giving them extra attacks, so another three attacks, threes by threes, two rend, and one damage, and then, they're, and they're plus one to wound because of the the molten relic that the uh-huh. stone mage has got. Yeah, and then uh, gravitic redirection is his special spell. Goes off on a five, eighteen inches, until your next hero phase. Broken fly. Yep. He only moves six inches because he's flying on a rock, but he can fly. 
Mm-hmm. In addition, pick an enemy unit within range and visible to the caster. Until the next hero phase, their movement is halved and they cannot fly. Yeah, that's the big part of that. Role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got all his little stuff. You're taking this army. These are the three units you're taking. You're taking two cows, two stone mages, and then all the stone guard you can take. And they're doing this nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stone guard are great. Oh, they're fantastic. Two wounds. I, I really, I really like them. Yeah, two wounds, four up save. Mm-hmm. Um, reroll battle shock if you have a banner. They they're ignore... slower. They are slower than Christmas, though. Four inches. Four move. inches. They move like Dwarden. <laughs> yeah, they do. But they've got a four-up ward against mortals while they're contesting objectives. Yeah. So you put them should on. Should be all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Also. Um, sixes do mortals on top of their damage. Mm-hmm. So I mean, crushing they, blow. And there's a way to make that five, five or six too. Oh right, I forgot how that works. Stone I forgot mage has, the stone mage can do a thing. I couldn't um, hear what you said there. Sorry, the stone mage can do a thing to. Uh, oh, that's to right. That. He's got a, a specialty in there. That's I think isn't that one of their spells? Um, or is it just uh? Uh, the, co- the command trait is the thing that gives them three wounds. Yes, the and command then, trait gives them the extra wound, and then the spell lore. Um, high peaks. Unbreakable stoicism. All right, there it is. Mm-hmm. Also, if you give this, he can give him an artifact plus one to wound rolls for attacks made by friendly Alarith units wholly within 12 inches of the bearer if he didn't yeah. charge. The molten talisman, yeah. Yeah. That's right. So they're wounding on twos. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, 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 wounding on twos, doing mortals on fives, have an extra attack, and yeah, and they're immune to rent and all kind of stuff. Yeah, they're amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know what, we, though? We got to take another break. We have to. Mm-hmm. We're going to take yeah. a fourth break because it's been an hour. Okay. Because this is going forever, but God, they have so much <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Hold on, let me find my notes and take this down, and we'll take a break. We'll be right back, folks. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them.
All right. And we're back. Hello. Hi. Hey, hey. All right. So now we're... Now, what are these guys? These guys are Sonari, Venari. Oh, wow. Okay. So this, these this, this, these paired characters. Yeah. Which, Alanya by the way, and Elathor. Cool model. Mm-hmm. If you were here for the lore segment, not the lore segment we did today, but when we covered the Teclas book, these yeah. were the guys who were fighting and stopped... Um, what's her name? Um, oh, uh, uh, Nagash's Mortar. Yeah, Neferata. Uh, Neferata. Yeah, Neferata actually escaped into the Realm Gate by dropping the cave that they were in on top of them. Mm-hmm. But these guys prayed to the spirit of the mountains, who held up the cave long enough for them to escape. Yeah, eight wounds on this pair. Mm-hmm. Three up save. They're two spell wizards. Yep. Okay. And these guys are really cool. Yeah, they get plus one cast to spell and unbind. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can be concluded as an ally in armies that have an order general. So they can you can ally them to your stormcast or city's army. Uh-huh. Um, and then within three inches of the general, the starting hero phase, you get a an extra command point on a four. So that's cool. Oh, that is good. Mm-hmm. And hold on, I'm checking something with them in the old book really quick because I'm trying to... And then they've got some interesting stuff. They've got the sudden translocation. Right. Um, so that lets them, at the end of the combat phase, a roll of dice if this unit has fought. If it's less than the current battle round, uh, they can heal D6 wounds, and then they remove themselves from the battlefield and teleport somewhere else. More than 12 inches from enemy units. If it's mm-hmm. impossible, the unit is removed from play, but does not count as being having been destroyed. Right. They just bamf weird. out yeah. of there. Yeah, they just bamf out of there. And then they have a thing called Altariri, which is a, uh, a blade, a sword. Yeah, that's their, one of their weapons. They each have a yeah. weapon. This is, the four, right. this is uh, four attacks, twos by threes, two rend, and then this. Mm-hmm. So what is it? The damage characteristic is what now? So this thing is um, the damage characteristic is equal to the number of the current battle round. Okay. <laughs> and then it says once per battle in your shooting phase, you can say that they will unleash a blazing sunbolt. You do so pick a point on the battlefield within 12 inches of this unit, then visible to it and draw a line between that unit and the closest point of this unit's base. And on two up, they take a number of mortal wounds Equal to the number of the current battle round. 12 inches. You can run through a couple of units. Yeah. Yep. Late game, yep. that thing becomes tough. Four, yeah, four mortal wounds on every unit. Um, these like guys that. can be an ally in any army that have an order general. And yeah. if this unit's within three inches, of, yeah, you already said to get the battle phase. Uh-huh. This is so good. Yeah. Oh, and... Um, and- they can they they know a spell goes off on a six gives them a five up ward, yeah. Because that's what they need. Mm-hmm. It's just good. Like these guys are uh, they're they're cool. Pricey. And, they're pricey. Yeah, they're not cheap. Two sixties not cheap. But it's eight wounds with a three up save, mm-hmm. and you can cast a five up ward. And they have two spells, yeah. so you can throw the five up ward and still do something else. Well, you could give yourself a five up ward. And then you could just like put like Mystic Shield on yourself or something like that. So you get a two-up save and five-up board. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. shoot. 
yeah, they're they're cool. They are pricey though, but they're mm-hmm. they're another fun unit. Now we're getting to the hurricanes. Good yeah, hurricanes. So the hur- the wind hurricane. The hurricane. Hurricane wind mage. Yeah, hurricane. hurricane. I like to call them hurricanes. I know I'm mispronouncing it. That's just <laughs> that's me. Yes. So they've got what four entries. Yeah. Um. Now. Oh God. Wind mage. Yeah. They and um the if you. You can give the command trait to the characters. They have the wind leap. Yeah. Uh, friendly wind charger unit starts to move wholly within six inches of their wind mage. So the the mm-hmm. guys on the on the uh, what do you call them? the wind chargers? Yep. Uh, if they're wholly within six inches of the hurricane wind mage, uh, their move characteristic goes up to sixteen from fourteen, and they can fly. Yeah. You can don't forget you can give this hurricane wind mage uh the command trait of the grand wind rider. Mm-hmm. If a friendly wind charger unit starts a move wholly within twenty four inches of the general. Yeah, not six. Not six. <laughs> that's just stupid. That's cool. and that's the one you're gonna take because adding three to their move or once per battle getting a reroll mm-hmm. is nothing compared to all wind charger units within 24 inches yeah. move 16 and can fly. Right. So if you're playing like those objective, those those battle plans that have like the objectives like in the corners of the map, you right. know, or I mean, that's just they're just these things are just gonna take them from oh, you because you know what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Your wind chargers that can move 16 inches and can fly now. Yeah. You're gonna take one of your other guys and cast the speed of Hish on them. Oh, for sure. Now they move 32 inches. Yep. Which is effectively <laughs> the battlefield. Yeah. Because they don't have to run. That's the thing. You move those guys 36 inches, and then they can charge. Mm-hmm. So dumb. <laughs> it's just dumb. It really is. Um, we now, were talking about negative player experiences. Yeah. I feel like you could you could have some in there. If you're just like, if your plan is to just avoid the... You're, you know, the person you're playing just like not get in any combats mm-hmm. that you know you're not gonna win. You, can, you know, because you could just like you could have as many units of hurricane wind chargers as you wanted. I mean, they're 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 battle line in a halon army. Yep. So you so take, you have you take a halon army and boom. Then they're only other one one fifty for five. That's huh? Cheap. You have a whole army of these things. <laughs> Yes. You Whole can. army of, uh, yeah, you have like 30 of Two these guys a running piece, around. It's only a five-up save, but who cares because who I'm going to take, if I take the right models, I can D3 units get a five-up, you know, ward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you're gonna, and you're never going to be in a combat you don't want to be in. Right. And you've got, an, and they have enough shooting where if you have that many, it's going to make a difference. You need that, you know. Now, it's not it's not a super long range shooting, but still right. So now let's the, the wind mage, like we were talking about. He's got the wind leap, mm-hmm. which if you take this guy, you're going to give him that ability, right? You're going to make yeah. it 24 inches. Yeah, he is a wizard. Plus one to save rolls for attacks made with missile weapons that target him, and if his unmodified save roll when he's attacked with a missile weapon is a six. You do one mortal wound to one enemy unit within nine inches because they're wind mages. So you're shooting at them. If my save is a six, not only did I use the wind to divert your arrow, I turned it around and hit one of your friends with it. Right. 
Okay. And do the do the other guys have that? I don't know. No. no. Okay. No. Um when you make a pile in move, you don't have to finish no further from the nearest enemy unit than it was. Right. Which is which a cool means, thing. Yeah, so you can pile away in any direction you want, that three inches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it and and when you make a pile in if it charged that turn, it can pile in six inches. Yeah, so you could theoretically pile into a different unit. Yes, yeah. that's the whole thing. And even if you didn't charge, pile in three inches. If you're between units, he can jump back and forth to where he's needed the most. Right. You could just, and you could also you could jump out of combat. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm two inches away from you. I'm in combat. I can pile in three inches and move away and move right out of combat, mm-hmm. so that you can't hit me. Right. Because you could effectively use your charge with that unit as a turbo boost. You know, because you move, then you charge, and then you pile six inches. You pile out of combat. So you, like, just use the the mm-hmm. unit that you charge as, like, one of those little boost arrows in Mario Kart. If he can fly, yeah. being able to pile in six inches might mean you just got past the screen unit and piled into the unit behind them that they're trying yeah. to protect. Yeah, because that's because the the wind chargers do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Wind chargers and the wind rider all do that. And the, everybody and, moves like the wind. And and Severith and the hurricane spirit of the wind, they all can do that. Yeah, it's kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Plus, you're casting speed of hish on these fools, so they're moving all over. It's just yeah. these guys can get gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does have that spell that goes off on a five nine inches. In your next shooting phase, pick an enemy unit. Within that nine inches, and on a two-up, they take D3 mortals. Yeah. Not a bad little spell. Right. The, the only hit on all these hurricane stuff is they're kind of squishy. Yes. They all they only have five-up saves. Mm-hmm. All of them, even the heroes. Yeah. You five can wounds, sh- five-up, yeah. Right. You can shoot them. That's, like, the thing you can do to them. You can shoot them with stuff. Except maybe the wind mage, but, you know. Yeah, because the, the save goes up to four if you're shooting him. Yeah, and the wind, yeah. the wind chargers, you can definitely get those guys with shooting. Oh, by the way, the wind chargers, their bows, 12-inch range, two attacks, threes by threes, one rend, one damage. You're bringing these guys in like we are just talking about, right? Mm-hmm. They're 16 inches. They can fly. You're moving them. No oh, yeah. ward rolls. Yeah. For wounds caused by this, for wounds or mortal wounds, which yeah. is how do they do mortals? Oh, I think, is I, there a way to give them mortals? I'm, who knows? Maybe... They're just future-proofing the unit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so if you shoot with this unit, then boom, there's no ward save. Yeah. It's just, God, this stuff is, they're really, for 150 for five. 150 for five is pretty good. Yeah. Now let's talk about the Spirit of the Wind. Um, yeah. The basic Spirit of the Wind. Mm-hmm. They move 24. 24. Eight wounds, 10 bravery, five up save. Right. Okay. Uh, and, they all, and they have a ward. Five, of five up ward. Up. Yep. And living cyclone. So basically, if they uh, roll a dice for each enemy unit within three inches of this unit after it makes a charge, and on a three up, you take a mortal wound and you subtract one from your hit rolls because you're getting buffeted by the wind. Until the end of the next. Con- yep. Yeah. You can't do that more than once, for his, but that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, they move like the wind, like we said, and they have the spirit of the wind. Mm-hmm. End of the shooting phase, you can make a normal move or a retreat up to 12 inches. Yeah. 
In addition, this unit can retreat and charge. Right. These guys are gross. Yep, they're they kind of like yeah. they're the, the 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 they look like foxes. They even have little tails. Uh huh. They're cool yeah. models, uh-huh. but they can move twenty four inches. If mm-hmm. you speed of hish them, they're moving forty eight inches, which means they yeah. have a threat range of the board. Right. All right. They're, yeah. Okay. That 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 they're shooting attack four attacks. 18 inch range, which means they can get you anywhere if they if you if they want to move there. Mm-hmm. Twos by threes, two rend, d three damage. That's yeah, not bad, right? Not at all. Mm-hmm. And like I said, then they can pile into anywhere. Right. At the end of the shooting phase, after they shoot you, they can move 12 inches. So mm-hmm. now they move away, so you can't get them back. These guys are annoying. Right. What they what people tend to do with these, what I've seen, is that they'll use them to like pin something in the deployment zone. Something that the other person needs, mm-hmm. like up there, like, you know, like a cauldron of blood or something like that. They'll just throw one of these guys into the back and then they'll just charge the, that cauldron of blood, you know, on turn one and just tie it up. Yeah. I mean, you know, it'll take you a couple of rounds to chew through this guy, but that's probably enough time. Yeah, a decent save roll and he's sticking mm-hmm. around. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. Now, if you take the named character, the Severith. Yep. Now, the difference between these two fools is what is it? Uh, the spirit his, of the wind. We, yeah, his bows. That? His bows got an extra point of rend. Yeah. Uh, uh, hold on. Spirit of the wind is two fifty. Mm-hmm. If you take the named spirit of the wind, 320. he's three twenty. So it's yeah. seventy points more. Yeah. But, but like you said, it's two extra wounds. Yeah. Extra rend on that stupid missile weapon. Yep, his he, bow. He's got everything the other guys got. Plus, at the end of the charge phase, it can do smash to rubble monsters yeah. rampage, even though yeah. it's not a monster. Mm-hmm. Also, after it makes a move, pick an enemy unit that has any models it passed across, and on a three up, that unit takes D three mortals. Right. Considering you have a twenty four inch move. Yeah, you're going to get somebody. Well, and here's the thing. Okay, if I give this guy the speed of his, he's got a 48-inch, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to. I can I can fly all the way over there, cross over your character model. Yeah, come <laughs> move back. Move way out of range, yeah. and on a three-up, do D3 mortals. Yeah. These guys are dumb. They're expensive. <laughs> I mean... The, the, That's a lot. Three twenties, a lot. It's a lot of points, but they also do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Well, they, I don't know how much damage they do. This, this stuff. Mean, they can cause a lot of trouble. They okay, can cause, exactly. They just cause havoc. You know, the scour rule is not to be underestimated. I mean, there's a lot of faction terrain nowadays, yeah. and because they just and yeah, they're basically throwing a, throwing a tornado into mm-hmm. into your thing. Plus, uh, wait. Four attacks at an 18-inch range. Yeah. Twos by threes with three rend and D3 mm-hmm. damage. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? These guys are killing characters. Yep. Yep. They can really mess things up. That with you know, with all the spells that can happen and mm-hmm. the you know, the table, you know, the really long range of like the bows and the and the the the, uh, the bolt thrower or the what do they call it now? The ballista. Yeah. Plus this guy's, I mean, yeah, you're probably trying to peg somebody's characters, you know, turn one, turn two. You know, if they're not durable enough, they're going to get hurt. 
Yeah, which is, once again, another reason why your bowman didn't need to be able to shoot people they can't see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's a little, it's always overkill, right? Right. Yeah. This army is so good. Mm-hmm. The models are great. Everything it does is great. I just adore this army. I yeah, really I do. It takes a little bit of finesse to run it, I think. You, but, you, uh, you got a low model count. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta, you, you gotta play smart. Yeah, I mean, I mean, elf armies have always been like that, right? You know, but this is—it's just so good. Mm-hmm. I can't uh, seriously. Uh, I cannot wait for Tyrion and Malarian's armies to come. Oh out. man, because no, if Teclis's army is this good, yeah, with all the what magic, if, just picture t- t- Tyrion, if, probably a little less magic, but just yeah. you know, a little more beady. What if that'll be the same book? It would be cool. Tyrion and Valerian in the same book. Oh no, I don't think so. Two different realms, two completely different guys. Yeah, I mean they could, they could, they could do it in like a, and what is the name of that sub realm where Slanesh is hiding, Ulgesh or whatever? Yeah, Ulgesh. Yeah, maybe that's the. Nah, I don't know. Maybe they could, <laughs> but I don't think they're gonna. All right, dude. Let's talk about the three. Uh, let's talk about their faction terrain and their endless spells, and then get this over because I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, the Hishian twin stones have been basically fixed. They are not broken now. If now they summon on a five with a range of six inches, you just set it up mm-hmm. more than one inch away from everything else, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, after this spell is summoned, you put a dice next to it with a one. Mm-hmm. Every time you cast a, a spell successfully within twelve inches, that number goes up up to six. Okay. Yep. Before you cast a spell, you can take whatever that is on the die and add that to your roll. Now, the old spell, once you did the cast, it dropped down to one, and mm-hmm. you could keep using it until somebody uh, dispelled it. Okay, this one goes away once you use it. Th- now it goes away. Now, you think that's broken enough that it goes back to one and you can keep using it, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when it Before, what I did with it... Was and I literally had this set up. I had, I had my my pikemen protecting my Cathalar and my two units of bowmen, right? Okay. So I have yeah. basically a diamond shape. I've got a V shape wedge yeah. with my pike with my spearmen. Mm-hmm. Behind them are the bowmen who are shooting everything, right? And mm-hmm. I got a Cathalar there. I'm casting sun metal. I'm casting the light of hish or whatever it is. I'm I'm boosting their sun metal weapons, mm-hmm. which is now boosting up that the the oh yeah the twin stones. Stone. Sure. And, and then I would use that bonus to cast the it cost you two command points spell. Oh sure, which you couldn't stop. Yeah. Then it but so and I cast it. It goes back to one. I keep using it. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where it got stupid. <laughs> In their infinite wisdom, the rules people FAQ'd it. The question became, when you cast a spell, it says after you, re- after you do the effects, then you bump this by one, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The way the rules read, as soon as you cast the spell, this goes to one, mm-hmm. right? So I cast the spell. It goes to one. And someone emailed and said, okay, I cast the spell. It goes to one. After the spell effects have taken place, this bumps, yeah. So does it automatically go up to two with the spell that just dropped it to one? The answer was yes. 
<laughs> yeah. So I just sat it in back, and that five or six casting spell to cast the to give the sun metal weapons mortals on fives. Yeah. It was plus two to cast. You never had to let it build up. Yeah. After the first one plus one, it was constant plus two to everything on a super cheap spell. It was dumb. Mm-hmm. Now you gotta cast it. You can use it once, and then you gotta recast it yeah, later makes, to use it again. Makes sense. That's... It's still good. Mm-hmm. I'm still gonna put it back there. I'm still gonna boost it, and I'm still gonna use it to make you cast two. Mm-hmm. To use two command points. Hmm. Okay, it, sure. Because that honestly, two command points might be the best spell in this in this deck, and there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. But me doubling your command points wrecks people's games. Yeah, it can. It really can. Yeah. You have to, you kind of have to, yeah, you have to, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, especially when I'm playing guys who can do so many extra things with their command points. We've already seen a couple of commands that says, you can do this on D3 units. Right. You know? Oh, oh so, yeah. Yeah, I'm spending one command point and casting stuff on multiple units. Like Mighty Destroyers, yeah. that kind of thing. And yeah. you're getting... I mean, like I said, averaging, let's say averaging four command points per turn. Because you're going second and you yeah. get the roll. Okay. So four commands go yeah, down to two. Two, yeah. And if you don't go first, if you if you go first, mm-hmm. you're maxing you're at three. three, which means you get one. Mm-hmm. It's, that is, that's their best, uh, that's the thing that this army I think of all the gross things in this army. <laughs> that's that's re- and I mean, and they have a spell that, like we said, I can just roll two d six and you don't do anything for yeah, the whole yeah. turn. Yeah, they have a couple of ways to do it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the twin stones really, I love them, and they mm-hmm. cast on a five. Yeah, and I have got guys who are plus one to cast. Yeah, you. Yeah, it's, and it? I, this, and, is, this is the fifty point one. Yeah, and yeah. my and and what about the guy who's drop uh, the 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 what's the guy? the calligrapher? Mm-hmm. So he's dropping a circle spot. You're plus one to cast. Then oh, yeah. I got something else that's giving him plus one to cast. This thing is casting on a three. Not granted, it can be dispelled. Yeah. Or I really I I could use it. I could use. Any of my scenario guys that once per game to cast it on a nine, if I mm-hmm. really want to get it off, yeah, so dumb. And it can, I mean, you can also unbind it, you know, with a five, but you know, right. But here's the but with all the wizards, mm-hmm. I drop it in the beginning of the hero phase. I drop yeah. this first, and then every spell I cast posts it up. Yeah, and then you use it at the end, and then you use it right at the end. Yeah, yeah, it's. <sighs> <laughs> it's it's my favorite of these three. Now the other fifty point one is the Sanctum of Amontok. Yeah, this is on a seven. It's only got a three inch range. You set it up wholly within range, more than three inches from other models. Um, wait, yeah, all mo- wait. It's got a wait. It's got a catch me out some a range of three inches. Set up this endless spell wholly within range and visible to the caster, more than three inches from all models terrain. How can I? It's got a three inch range. How can I set it up more than three inches from the caster? I don't know. I mean, am I wrong? That doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, that seems weird. Oh, the parts of the endless spell must be set up touching. Oh, this is the one that's got it's got three, three parts. parts. Yeah, I yeah, that this is see that that part confuses me. Oh, they set could... they set up touching each other. So they form a ring with the caster inside. Okay, so it doesn't count the caster. Okay, my mistake. I I I didn't read far enough. Um you can't set it up if you're in a garrison. You can't set it up around a building. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, while this endless spell is on the battlefield, range and visibility to and from the model that summoned it is measured from the endless spell. So suddenly your range boosts to this entire thing. Yeah. Uh, so what does it do? It gives so, you the sigil of Ingra. And what does that do? So it subtracts one from hit rolls and adds one to save rolls for attacks that target this model. Uh, in addition, at the end of the combat phase, the model that was summoned, the end of the spell, was attacked by any attack in that phase. Roll a dice for each enemy within three inches of this end of the spell. On one through three, nothing happens. On a four through five, takes a mortal wound. On a six, takes D3. I don't know. So basically, if... So it's, I, it's, like a, it's supposed to be like a force field. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little wizard force field. Minus one to hit him and plus one to his save roll while he's in there. Mm-hmm. And if you get too close, you might take mortal wounds. Yeah. Um those guys that you don't want to die. <laughs> yeah. You know your little uh your Caligrave. Mhm. Who's going to be casting stuff? And once again, then I'm adding to that the Enlightener. Yeah. Oh. How big are these models? I've never actually seen one. Oh, uh, I don't recall. They're not yeah. huge, I th- but mm-hmm. they're they're not they're not tiny. I don't think it's as big as that the three woods that you put together. Yeah, I would to form the circle. So. I think it's smaller than that. Yeah, it's not too tiny, but it's not huge. That's fifty points. Now the forty point one, the cheap endless mm-hmm. spell. This mm-hmm. one costs. This one casts on an eight, eighteen inch range. Set it up more than an inch from everything else. At the start of the movement phase and the end of the movement phase, roll a die for each unit within six inches of this. On a four-up, it takes D3 mortals. And it says each unit, not enemy yeah. unit. Mm-hmm. In addition, minus one from run and charge rolls for units within six inches of this spell. Oh, it has no effect on Realm Lords. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So for 40 points, I drop this. Everyone, you know, start of the movement phase and at the end. So if I drop it near you, you're going to take a chance that you're going to take mortals before you move. And if you don't move, you're going to take it again. Hmm. So it's yes. a- actually, if you're there at the beginning and the end, it's 2d3 mortal wounds. Yeah. Minus one to run and charge. It's not a bad... All of their... Sp- none of these are bad endless spells. Right, right. I mean, uh, you know, I'm definitely putting... I'm definitely putting the Twin Stones in for 50 points. Okay. The other two, maybe if I can afford them. Yeah. But they're definitely taking the one because the twin stones. It's just it's such a great little. That's yeah, a cool mechanic. Mm-hmm. And the, they have faction terrain. Do you mm-hmm. want to take this, sir? So the faction terrain is it's humongous. This thing is big. It's gorgeous too. <laughs> it's, it's a such a cool it's, model. It's a defensible terrain feature that is garrisoned by one hero. It's not a monster. It doesn't have a mount. So when you're the dude in there, you're the shrine guardian, mm-hmm. and you get to. Uh, uh, re-roll a casting, dispelling, or a binding roll for a friendly Lumineth Realm Lords here within a foot of this terrain feature. And that range goes up to 24 inches if it has a Shrine Guardian. Yeah, so you don't have to put a Shrine Guardian in it, but right. you can. 
Right. And then if you have a Shrine Guardian, once per battle round, this terrain feature Shrine Guardian can issue a command without a command point being spent, which is also cool. Um, the, the once again, re-roll a casting, spelling, or unbinding roll once per turn. Mm-hmm. That's... <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's or. It's not all. So once per right. turn, though, yeah, it's just... Yeah. Everything so, about this army is good. Yeah, it's cool. Everything about this army is good. That's the whole book. Four flipping book. hours later, because we did lore and <laughs> war together, because we're dumb. Actually, not because we're dumb. Guys, we, there's a lot to cover. We got another episode we got to record to get out around Thanksgiving. And then we still, uh, we'd like to try to get a couple more things in before the Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. So we're going to we're gonna be combining lore and war for a little while, especially with like the Sons of Bayamont, because let's be honest, they got like six units. So yeah, <laughs> I mean that's yeah. going to be. Mean, th- yeah. You could listen to this in two separate settings. It's almost lore and war. It's you just, know, it, you, it know. Can, it's, you know, it confuses me. Every once in a while, people are like oh, the show's too long. I'm like, so pause it. Like I listen to long <laughs> podcasts. You just like nobody said you have to listen to this in one sitting. I do not. I I swear I will not show up at your house and yell at you for pausing. Mm. You know? Yeah. Plus those people who call, they got that you know. I drive. I listen to your show eight hours a day at work. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. I, God bless you. <laughs> uh, so what else you've been working on? Just quick. Uh, oh, oh, oh! Thank you for reminding me. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to. Th- I wanted to put a shout out to uh, someone. I just. I got uh, a message from. Uh, this guy. Um, oh God, where is where is my email? Hold on, I'm looking for it because I just got. A battle mat. Oh. Um, and I got it from, and I'm looking, hold on. Oh, uh, that's because it's on my Twitter account. That's why. Gray Matter Gaming. Okay. Mm, okay. They're called Gray Matter Gaming, and you can just, that's the website, G-R-A-Y Matter Gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and they reached out, and guy's name is Andy, and they have nice battle mats. Hmm. I mean, you know, the neoprene battle mats. They're sure, yeah. Really, they're they're the new sizes. They're forty four by sixty, oh, so they're made. Nice. They're the yep. they're the size for the new game. I want to get one of those. Um, now, here's what they're they're doing. They sent me one so we can have it for War War Gaming Club. Okay. Uh, I took it out and looked at it. Uh, I have two of the fat mats. Mm-hmm. The old, the originals. I've got the the lava one and the blasted terrain. So I got a nice grass one. It's mm-hmm. a gorgeous mat. It comes in the case just like it. Um, mm-hmm. They were, I think they were like 75 bucks. Okay, the fat mats? Um, no, this, the, the, this, oh, the, the gray, gray matter ones? mats. Okay. They're really nice. The quality of the print on them is really good. Um, and I'm not just saying that because they sent me one. You know, yeah. they sent it. It's for, it's for War Gaming Club. I've got two mats. I got more mats than I need, you know? Yeah. yeah. But they, they wanted me to check it out. And cool. for the listeners, Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to Gray Matter Gaming, check out their stuff. By the way, orders over fifty bucks, which is basically everything. Free shipping in the continental U.S. Nice. I think ten dollar flat rate to Canada or something like that. Or you know, um, mm-hmm. but there's a discount code. Use mm-hmm. Garage Hammer. Oh, ten percent off mats on top of the free shipping. Cool. So and it's going to run until Christmas. 
So basically, for the next month, mm-hmm. month and a half, check it out. Gray yeah. Matter Gaming, Battle Mats, 10% off with the code Garage Hammer, free shipping. And it's really nice. Like I said, it, it's similar to the yeah. other mats. It's, like I said, it comes with a little you know case to carry it, to roll it up and carry it in. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're, it's, it's, re- it's a nice mat. They're really nice mats. And like I said, I went and looked. And I think they had five different styles. Okay. They've got like Icy River, and then they've mm-hmm. got the grass, and then they've got the blasted terrain, and then they've got like Ashen Wastes. Hmm. Um, but you know how sometimes you get the mats and you look and the print quality is a little off? It looks like it, like when they printed it, the color and the markings are a little fuzzy. Okay. Dude, this is pretty sharp, man. Nice. It's That's cool. It's really nice. Hmm. So I just, you know, he sent me one, and he's like, look, you don't, you know, just I, he wanted to help out. That's excellent. He offered one so that we could have it for gaming club, and I said that's mm-hmm. great. And then he said, "Look, if you like it, and he said if you like it, tell your listeners they can get this discount." And he goes, "And if you don't, you don't." He goes because he actually said he goes, "I don't, I don't know if you have any special rules with your sponsors where you can't be throwing in other people's stuff." <laughs> and I'm like, "Nah, our sponsors are all cool. Nobody's going to get mad at you for doing this or mad at yeah. me." So. But it's nice, so that's that's why I'm telling everybody. I want everybody to know about this because it is a really good quality mat. If you need a if you need a a a, yeah. a, a, a mat for your table, cool. So, uh, okay. So, are you doing anything before we before we uh, jump off? Is there anything I, you I needed just, to mention? I, I painted a unit of Vigilors. Kinda okay, co- kind of cool. And I'm working on a unit of the Splintered Fang guys. Oh, okay. The Warcry dudes. Right. Right. Um, I'm doing I'm doing that that funny painting method that people are slap chop. Yeah. Hey, you told me to watch that video. I did. And that's awesome. It's neat, right? You know, here's the thing, and I don't want I don't want I don't want to get in the middle of this stuff. But I I watched the video, and then it it, YouTube uh, automatically took me to the next video where Rob's like, you know, people, and I'm watching these videos. Mm -hmm. Dude, I, I watched it. He I thought it was funny. I did too. As a guy who, as a guy whose entire streaming every day he streams, and he yeah. is straight up. This is the best list. This is competitive gaming yeah. Warhammer yeah. guy, not yeah. hobby Warhammer guy. Right. He comes up, turns around. He's got that weird, like that, like that British documentary thing. He turns up. Yeah. Hi. Uh, painting has always been a fog to me. Yeah. yeah. But I went and I found some guys on a mountain in Turkey who taught me this. Like <laughs> yeah. he didn't. Cl- and people, ah, oh, he's claiming this is new. It's not new. It's zenithal shading, dude. I know. T- take a freaking second and just evaluate your life if you're giving somebody a hard time for creating a original and funny way right. to get people into painting their and armor. Honestly, like, get out of here. <laughs> listen, Rob is my friend, right? Yeah, fantastic. Rob can say things that seem controversial to people. Rob can be a little caustic or divisive in things he says. <laughs> you know, and I, look, I'm not, but this is not that time. <laughs> no. And I watched the video. I'm like, that's awesome. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, mm-hmm. uh, the kids at board gaming club are picking out their little crews for their little for their little campaigns. Yeah, and I told them to go to YouTube and watch the video. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're gonna have to get now. We have to get contrast paints. But I'm like, I'm priming your crews all black. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and then we're gonna do the gray with the white. And I already so- showed them how to dry brush because we were doing terrain. Yeah, so it's real quick. What what are the steps? Just real quick. You prime it black. 
Yep. You dry brush gray over the whole thing except for the dark spots, obviously, because it, it's basically it's Zenithal mm-hmm. shading for people who don't have airbrushes. Yep. So you're dry brushing gray, starting from top down from your light source. Yep. Then after you dry brush gray, you dry brush white on all the highest parts, mm-hmm. and then you contrast paint over it. Yep. And so it, and you watch the video, and it's like it, the the black to the gray. If you do it nicely. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, I mean, you've seen uh, so many videos on YouTube of people putting their own spin on it. Yeah. I've seen people. Which is fan- great. Yeah. Honestly, if you really want to get silly with it, you could go with a darker gray into a lighter gray into a white. Yeah. You can add more. But it's basically Zenithal highlighting for people who don't have airbrushes and don't want to do it with a mm-hmm. spray can. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the hey. the contrast paints work really oh, yeah. well over it. And it looks mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And for a person if you don't like to paint it's i mean it's 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 not it's not devlin mud right <laughs> it's not straight up liquid talent but boy for a if it's it's fast yeah it's fast and I, you know and i don't have an army that i'm good like i'm in the middle of painting my uh orcs so i don't want to change up what i'm doing yeah i'm not using it for harrison's elves because that's all just really light stuff Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, this is stuff for other things. For the monsters and stuff, I may I may use it for the monsters in, yeah. in my orc army. In your cruel boys list? Yeah, yeah. because basically the, the the basic guys are mostly painted. But for the other stuff, I may just decide to go ahead and do it. Like mm-hmm. like I said, the bulk of my army is the your 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 basic the basic orcs. The gut rippers. Yeah, the gut rippers. And uh mm-hmm. I've already started them, so I'm not changing that. But I, yep. I think I'm going to do it for the rest of the army afterwards. <laughs> yeah, you know because it's cool. Yeah, it's really cool and it's fast. Oh yeah, which is what I like. I mean, you know me, I like to get knock stuff out and get it onto the table. Well, and that's and what he this said. helps with that. Yeah, for people who, <laughs> and, okay, and this is another thing for people who are like he's acting like he invented the painting. Not only didn't he claim he invented it, mm-hmm. but in true Rob fashion, he's like. You know what? You want to get your army painted quick because you only have a small window where your army is broken. <laughs> and he, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but he's like, you know what? With the meta changing every three, four months, mm-hmm. you don't have a ton of time to take six, eight months to paint your army because they're gonna, the meta is gonna shift too fast. Yeah. So yeah. if you've, got, if you know, if you're buying your army and next week <laughs> you're taking it to a tournament because it's the new filth. Yeah, this is the way to paint your army fast. Yeah. Get three colors on it and go to t- and go. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought mm-hmm. that was fantastic. Listen, if mm-hmm. you want to play with your filth army, here's a way <laughs> to get it on the table quick. Yeah, so good. But yeah, that's uh, I yeah I watched the, that and it's I'm I'm excited. I am excited to use it. I'm, in fact, now I really got to get my gut rippers finished so that mm-hmm. I can move on and slap chop the rest of that arm. <laughs> cool. So, all right, listen, we have to stop. Okay. I'm tired and this has been forever. So, <laughs> and I know you're tired too cuz you you got a job and everything. So, Oh yeah. Like so here, oh oh, where's my Oops. Okay, here we go. Nope, nope. Good gravy. I'm trying to do the end of the show. Here we go. Okay. So, before we go, we definitely want to thank our sponsors, Chaos Orc Superstore, Six Squared Studios, and Grognards. Yeah. Thank our Patreon sponsors, 
Associate producers Jake C. and James Brown, executive producer Scotty Milne, and our newest patron, Jocko Farino. Oh, nice. And Jocko, once again, you're my new best friend. Thank you for including how to pronounce your name in your when you when you joined up. He, you, know, mm. you know, when you join up the, the Patreon page, you can, you know, you can message me. And he messaged me right away. He's like, I just joined mm-hmm. and it's pronounced Jocko. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so thank you to all our Patreon sponsors, of course. Every last one of them. Chris, I'm looking at you. You better be getting that noise effect ready. Oh, God. Because I... <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, oh. yeah. Thank you to all the Patreon patrons for being that almost 1% who makes this show and every episode we do possible. Okay? So, Chris, you ready? Oh, my good gravy. Okay, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. Oh, Sigmar! Oh, Sigmar!